and welcome to episode 535 of Conversation Street. This is for the episodes of Corrie between the 8th and the 12th of August, which is episodes 10,711 to 10,716. And this is our final episode of the podcast in its first decade, because next week it is our 10th anniversary. Happy pre-10th anniversary, Gemma. It'll be the same to you back. It's, 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 I can't believe that we've made it 10 years. Nearly, nearly made it 10 years. Very, very exciting. We've got like, we've got the quiz, haven't we? We've just been doing a bit of recording for the quiz yesterday. Yep. Which was fun. We went down into our basement. Well, you know, our downstairs little area because it was a lot cooler there. We recorded all the, all the little bits in between the quiz. I hope you're looking forward to seeing that. The cast versus fans. Who's it going to be? That's going to come out next week at some point. But yeah, it is jolly hot this week, isn't it, Gemma? Gemma, how, how are you do- doing with the, with the hotness? I think our, our listeners not. always worry for you. I'm not. You're not doing too well? No, I'm not. I'm hot. It's horrible. Yeah, it is a little bit horrible, but... It's I... horrible. It's honestly, it's horrible. It's like a nightmare. I feel like I've died. (laughs) Do you think you're... Are you up for doing a podcast this evening? I think you're going to have to because we don't do it every week. Um, Well... We are going to try and plough on through this. It's been it's been a lovely week this week. Apart from the weather's been a little bit too hot, I've not been doing any work, so I've got to spend some quality time with lovely Gemma. What have we done? We went to Ugh. we've been doing we've doing we've been doing gardening. We've been doing tidying in the house. Yeah. We've been doing been to IKEA for lunch today. It's been fine. It's been good. It's been good because um, yeah, ne- next week we're we're going to be in Manchester. We're going we're going up there. We're going to do some quarry related things. And so we've had to get everything ready for us for us to go there. Um, Don't forget, if you want to join in with our marking of our 10-year anniversary, you can do that by oh, helping yes. us to raise money for the Trussell Trust. And I'm so thrilled to say that we have reached the target, which I didn't even dare to probably put as a target on our fundraising page. £500. That's so cool. We have raised £500 we raised over £500 for charity. now. Thank you to all the people that took part in the thank quiz. You, thank you, thank you. Thank you to all this, um, the Coronation Street cast that um, sp- spent their time <laughs> uh, answering questions for their characters. Thanks to all the people that um, signed up to take part, uh, all the lovely listeners, and thank you also to all the extra people that went on to our f- uh, fundraising page and helped us to reach that target. I am so proud of everybody. You guys I did think this. It's brilliant. You're you're amazing. Um, and I am really, really uh, grateful and I know that Trussell Trust will use that money very wisely to help people who are struggling at the moment. So um, that means a lot. And if you would like to help us to raise money, you can find uh, the link on our Twitter page. And it, I think I'm just trying to find it now. It's, oh, you got it. It's just giving. Yeah. Oh, this, is, this is what happened last time. It's just giving.com yeah. slash... Click at the bottom. I'm just oh, trying to... Yeah. Uh, justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Conversation Street 10. There we go. 10th anniversary. I mean, you can still... you still got a week or so to... Oh, you can donate whenever you like. Yeah. But we've got to um, give it to charity at some point. But um, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the people that have donated so far. Adam, Jules, John, Pat, Emma, Chloe, 
Helen, Matthew, and my favourite, Anonymous. Thank, Thank you, you so everybody. <laughs> you guys are super generous. And um, yeah, you guys are very special. Thank you. Yes. Um, I Can I just put a shout out? Not a shout out, a request at the beginning of the podcast while everyone's still listening and you haven't just tailed off by the end of it. It is our 10th anniversary next week. I would like to get some lovely feedback and voicemails and people writing in and all that kind of jazz to say how awesome Conversations Cheat is. Because if you can't do it on our 10th anniversary, then when the heck can you do it? And I don't want to just be, you know... You just wanted people to toot your horn for you. I would love people to toot my horn for me just this week because Let everybody know how much you appreciate Michael. Can you also toot Gemma's horns as well, please? No, it's not necessary. (laughs) It totally is. I I just think it would be lovely if in next week's podcast we had some people saying that they've really, really enjoyed... Tell us what have been your favourite bits about the podcast. Have you got any special podcast memories? Have you (laughs) got any bits where you thought, I've loved that episode, or any bits where you thought, that was hilarious when that happened? Any hilarious lines? Yes. Anything like that. Favourite guests, favourite topics, favourite anything. Favourite interviews. If you have ever thought, I want to just write in and say that Conversation Street is amazing, now is the time. We've got our special anniversary podcast next week. Get yourself in it by contacting us. And you know how to do that because we say it at the end of every episode. Now, Gemma, you haven't got a quiz for me this week, have you? No. Because... It's too hot. Too hot for a quiz. Too hot for a quiz. But it's not too hot for people to have birthdays. I ask you this, Michael. Yeah? Have you ever heard of a quiz in Spain? A <laughs> quiz in Spain? Do they have quizzes in Spain? No. <laughs> it's too hot. What about in Italy? What about the south of France? No. Probably. What about... Do they have Coronation Street quizzes there? No, they don't. Definitely going to say no to that one. What about in Florida? No. You got to have a you got to have a special quiz next week because it's the comment the podcast going to be ten years old no. and you'll be asking me questions about what happened in the first week of the podcast. Maybe uh, I need to go back and listen to episode one to bone up. Question for next number week's one: quiz. Why was I mad at you in the first week of the podcast? <laughs> Were you? You know I probably was. <laughs> was it because I made you do a podcast and I said, "Don't worry, it's only going to ten... we'll only do it for a couple of weeks. We'll just we'll do ten years and see how it goes." <laughs> It is not too hot for birthdays, Gemma. Who has got a birthday coming up in our anniversary week? 13th of August is Susan Jameson, who played Myra Booth. Happy birthday. Director Nick Phillips. Richard Hawley, who played Johnny Connor. Woo-hoo. Carlson Smith, who played Craig Tinker. Happy birthday. 15th of August, producer tomorrow, and executive producer Bill Podmore. Very special. Very important. 16th of August, director Alan Waring. 18th of August, director Hugh Monroe and Jeremy Summers. Happy birthday to all those who... I also want to say belated, even though we said it last week, happy birthday to Alan Hulsall, because it was a special birthday for him this week. He turned 40 this week. Happy birthday, Alan Hulsall. Happy birthday, Alan Holdall. Alan what? (laughs) Alan Holdall. (laughs) Right. I am ready to talk about this week's Coronation Street. Exciting week. You can talk to me about it. I'm going to probably do most of the talking, because Gemma is hot. hot. And also... A bit tired, but I'm not going to let that stop me because I've got things to say. I'm thinking about quitting. Don't quit. You can't quit now. It's our 10th anniversary. I really honestly think if, if I was going to do it at any point, I think now <laughs> is the perfect time. No, it's a terrible time. Everybody write in and tell Gemma not to quit. <laughs> it's, it's not going to affect <laughs> She's very brilliant. She, I'm very The hot. more people that write in and say don't quit, Gemma, the more, the more that she'll I want to do I might get a bit contrary. Write in and tell Gemma to quit. 
No, don't. <laughs> Please, just... Don't mention anything about that. Just leave me alone. Let's get Please. on with this week's Street Talk. So, we have got seven stories to talk about this week on the podcast. Starting off with Gemma, new storyline title, Stu've Been Framed. Could have been. Who knows? I, he's, he says he was. I believe Stu. Because it adds more drama. Debbie Indebted is going to come next, and as well as Along Came a Spider. And when I wrote that down, I didn't realise just how exact I would be with that choice That's of wording. Gross. Oh, we've got a choice for this one. So Stu's dentist friend, Gemma, do we call it physical and dental attraction? Or do we call it Lawrence, I love you? What do you, have, what do you fancy? <laughs> that one, which one is the, the least what? bad? Physical and dental attraction, you know, like mental attraction, yeah. And Lawrence, I love you, is like Lawrence Olivia. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. One um, of those will do. Okay. We'll decide over the week. I should have asked you this before. Reed in the Red is next. Sounds like um, Debbie's not the only one with money problems. Stephen Reed has been a little bit dodgy um, uh, this week, so we'll talk about Could that one after it that. Could seeing Reed. Could have seen Reed. He was seeing Reed the other week, wasn't he? Um, Leo Canada, and then a bit more of the Infotile story as well. So. Um, I said to you, because I seem to be in a bit of a chirpy mood, that I'll do most of the synopsising, Gemma, but you can chip in whenever you fancy. So, stupid and frame first, and on Monday, um, Yasmin is still not very happy with Stu. She, she's telling whoever's asking her, I can't remember who it was, that she's fine, but she doesn't want to ever to hear the name Stu Carpenter again. Is everybody okay with that? And Hunky Matt arrives in Speed Dial. And a couple of times when we were watching that, we were like, who's who's this guy? And he was like, is a supplier or something, is he? Yeah. So, so, some some guy that's turned Alia's head. And he offers her a trip to the country to see how his products get from field to plate. So he, she's going she's gonna to see... Uh, the the production line of peas and beans and um that, that's the more, most action that Ali has had in the past 12 months so she's well up for that um well Yasmin manages to talk her into it anyway then Zidane's back did anybody notice that Zidane had gone anywhere he's been away somewhere abroad he's back anyway to come and uh, act miserable and and just depress us all this week um and then Kelly comes down into speed dial saying Everyone's been spreading lies about Stu being a murderer and now it's made it into the Gazette online. And Alia says, yes, it is true. Stu is definitely a murderer. We have no proof, but it definitely happened. And Zidane also gets to hear this as well at this point. He believes it, but Kelly can't because she is very trusting and lovely. Alia says, well, look, his ex-wife, Lucy, was it? Turned up last week. And um, we basically believed everything she said. Um, she said. She says that Stu's not the person that we thought he was. Sad. So, Kelly shows Ardy the article um, after that. And I've been feeling really bad for Ardy because he's still just like the perennial side character, isn't he? He had like, what, two, three scenes this week? And, and that's his lot. He, had, he sat in front of a computer a few weeks ago. And I don't get why they're not use, making more use of him because he's great. I agree. Weird. Um, but he's, he he, get, he um, takes her up on the offer to go and do a little bit of location shooting later anyway. So that's all good for him. Um, so uh, they, they go down this alley somewhere and find a very dodgy looking grey hoodie pair of, pair of guys who tell them to, to do one. And so they turn around and go the other way. I didn't really get what the point of that was. Um, meanwhile, I, we have a nice little scene with Eileen and Yasmin in the street. And um, Eileen... 
she was married to a murderer too, so she's got loads in common with, with Yasmin and says, well, I've been reading about what's been said about Stu on the social media. I know what you went through. Went through the same sort of thing we're feeling. And Yasmin says, thanks for your concern, but I don't really want to talk to you about it right now. I'm finding it very difficult to like Yasmin at the moment. She's just been a real crotchety old cow, isn't she? She's not really endearing herself to many people, I don't think. <laughs> she's really, really not. So, um... Uh, Ardy um, and, and Kelly are still on the hunt for stew around Weatherfield at the moment, and, and Ardy is starting to say, "Oh, oh, maybe there's some truth in these stories after all." Um, and uh, anyway, very handily, they happen to find him looking pretty worth for wear and collapsed over a spilt bottle of booze. It looks like he spilled his gravy over him, but yeah, I guess it's whiskey or something. Um, ambulance arrives, Kelly goes with him, and Stu wakes up in the hospital bed later, and he's like, promise, I didn't kill this girl. Um, and and uh, Kelly's like, I know, I'm on Team Stu, I believe you, it's fine. So Adi comes to the hospital later, and uh, Kelly says, sorry for snapping at you earlier. She snapped at him when he when he dared to voice his um, opinions that maybe Stu isn't whiter than white. But anyway, she says she definitely believes Stu served time in prison for something he didn't do. But now, can we convince Yasmin that? What do you think? No. No. Kelly goes to speed dial and says, Yasmin, give Stu a fair hearing. So we, we later see Yasmin coming into the hospital wards to see Stu. Um, and it looks like she's all ready to, to listen to his side of the story, if he was willing to say it, which he took a very long time to get to the bottom of this week. But anyway, she says... I am never going to forgive you, Stu, and now you are taking advantage of Kelly by asking her to do your dirty work. I will never be duped by some despicable man again. And um, so she bogs off. Nice. She said that a lot recently, and she still got duped. <laughs> she did, doesn't she? She's been saying that for about two years now. <laughs> no wonder she's grumpy she's about it. She's like, oh, oh, I did it again. It turns out shouting about it doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, ranting doesn't help in this case. So anyway, Kelly turns up at the hospital bed later and uh, Stu's taken all this very badly and he says, you know what, Kelly, never liked you anyway. This is like me when I get a bad review on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, never liked you anyway. Better care. off without you. I don't even care anyway. I don't want to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> You're a nuisance, Kelly. So just bugger off. I don't want to see you again. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I give up. Yeah, that's what he... Just sorry. to be clear, it's not why I'm tired. It's hot. It's, it's, is it hot? It is definitely hot. I just want to explain to people who live in a different country. Just want to listen to all our North Pole listeners. Just want to explain to them. Well, just to explain that perhaps if you live in a country that's used to being hot, you have things that you do. We can't do those things. We cannot put the also, air conditioning on. We don't have it. Just to explain to... It gets, it, it's still sunny here at like half past eight at night. So it doesn't get cold until about two o'clock in the morning. And different countries have different times when the sunset goes down. We don't have that here. It's like bright forever. <laughs> it's really, really it's sunny. hot. It's always sunny. <laughs> you can't escape. It's sun. I the found... The sun and the heat is just never ends. You I... wake up and it's hot. You go to bed and it's hot. You have a nap, it's hot. You go, you go, you sit down, it's hot. You go in the garden, it's hot. You go inside, it's hot. There's no escape. You can never, ever leave. It's hot. Forever. But, but do you go up north and it's hot? That's what we're going to find out next week. So we're heading off to Manchester in a few days. And I, I hear that it is, it is damp, wet and cold up north. So we're really banking on that. I'm looking at the 
Manchester weather report like it's pornography. <laughs> Rain, cold, <laughs> under twenty degrees. Does it actually? Does it still say that for next week? Yeah, uh, I don't want to look. I really hope it does. I don't want you to have a miserable time. I can't cope. Anyway, anyway, I found my way of best coping with it. I found this amazing don't, drink. Don't even try to pretend, Michael. What? You love this. This is what's driving me mad. I do. No, I enjoy the sunshine, but I don't enjoy you not enjoying the sunshine. Well, good. As long as I can ruin it for you, that's amazing. You totally, you totally ruin it for me. It's fine. Great. I found a lovely drink from Lidl. It's it's virgin strawberry daiquiri. And I don't and you know... You left it in the car for about six hours. I so did, but I've got some ice cubes in it today. It's very, very oh, that, nice. That will cure. Don't judge me on my drink choices, everybody. It's lovely. That was your honeymoon drink. We did, I, we did, I did drink this on the honeymoon, yeah, it's lovely. But not the, not the little brand. I assume that Princess Cruises don't have little strawberry daiquiri on I bet bars. they had whatever was lower, <laughs> cheaper than that. <laughs> but, but the problem with Littles is that they only have things for a small amount of time. It's on the, it's on the aisle that's like, when it's gone, it's gone. And I'm getting, I'm, I bought two bottles of it today. I tell you what, I'm obsessed you with it. both in the car. I did. Right, Wednesday, back to this. Zidane's getting Yasmin to put on social media that Stu's gone from the restaurant so that everybody oh, knows because it, it, now, it turns out that nobody wants to go to Speed Dial anymore. I don't, I don't believe this because it's the only place that anyone ever goes. Um, Alia's, what? I think it's a coincidence. I think that they've seen a downturn in custom because the plats just keep going to bloody... The bistro. bistro all the time. They just literally go there for every meal now. <laughs> yeah, but they had our Craigie and Fago to speed dial today, didn't they? So, uh. Mm, chickpeas. <laughs> um, Alia's getting ready to go on this buyer's trip thing with Matt. I don't know what's going on with that. Oh, a buyer's trip? That's what I'm on. <laughs> buyer's trip? That's not, is that like a supermarket spray, a trolley dash? A no, it's when trip. you're against, no, it's when you're against Tim. Just buys against everything he does. Oh, buyer's trip. <laughs> Um, for some reason, I think Dan Brocklebank was saying, I've not been in the show enough recently. Can I just be in any old scene? And they're like, yeah, all right then, Dan. Uh, do you want to go and visit Stu in the hospital? No, this was right. What? Because he's, he's like, hello, I don't normally do religious things. <laughs> you know, being a bishop or whatever I am. Archdeacon. Nobody knows what I do, so I just thought I'd come to the hospital. Usually, usually my job is dishing out stew, but today my advice is, is dishing out advice to stew. And mm. <laughs> Stu's like, oh no, not the godfather again. And he tells him to book her off as well. <laughs> He's, he, but Billy's just trying to persuade him not to be a git, but Stu just can't help it at the moment because um, life's, life's giving him lemons at the Stu's moment. Stu's like, oh, what are you doing here? What do you mean? I'm, the, I'm a vicar. Like... There's not a lot you could do that I wouldn't turn up. In fact, the worse you are, the more kudos I get for coming. <laughs> didn't, I can't, somebody got his, got his job title mixed up. Didn't they say it was the Archbishop or something this week and they had to be corrected? Because I don't know what Hospital visits are Nobody definitely knows. what archdeacons do. Definitely. Nobody knows. Anyway, Stu is not interested in talking to Billy, um, especially when he hears that it was Kelly Watt sent him there. Um, Billy's fairly open to listening to Stu's side of the story, but Stu is being um, irritatingly, stubbornly closed-mouthed about exactly what the um, uh, circumstances were surrounding this this girl's death that he definitely, definitely didn't kill. Well, and... Billy should have opened up a bit more about himself, really. 
He's like, I've, I've tell you what, Stu, I've, I've been through him. down, I've been through bad times as well. Oh, you killed a girl. What? Oh, did you? How, <laughs> yeah. how many kids did you have? Was it more than two? I could listen, listen, mate. I killed Susan Barlow. I definitely did it, so I know does how you're feeling. Know, does she have a, does she have an entry on Coropedia? <laughs> this person you supposedly killed. No. Okay. Did, did one of the main characters throw you off a cliff? No. What are you doing in hospital? What, because you're sad? Oh, you're a bit sad because you killed a girl. Oh. <laughs> Grow up, Stu. Get out. Get out. Get out of bed and go and do your job. Well, he does end up fairly shaming um, Stu and to go and to see Kelly later. But um, <laughs> but then he's there outside of Victoria Court going, Kelly, Kelly, where are you? And then Todd rocks up saying, hello, can I be in the storyline too? You can bugger off, mate. This story is just everybody telling each everybody else to, to do one well, this week. Todd comes up to Stu standing outside Victoria, Guard, uh, Victoria Court going, oh, you did a crime. Did you escape into the woods? Oh, you didn't. You didn't escape onto the woods for years and live off acorns and, and twigs like I did. Oh, you didn't throw away your career. Mm. Oh, and you want me to feel sad for you. Oh, well, I work in an undertaker's now. I need to be a lawyer, so grow up, Stu. We're all crims round here, Stu. Don't worry oh, about that. Oh, you think it. you're special? Oh, welcome to the club. Oh, we've got badges. Anyway. Oh, you didn't do it. Yes, me neither. I didn't do it either. Go ask Tracy. She shouldn't do it either. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tracy proudly says that she does do it. <laughs> Tracy comes up and like, what did you go to prison for? Just get out. Just, just 20, 27 years, Stu. Go on, Just say they stored the trainers incorrectly. It's what, how can he go out of it? Anyway, um, he, he ends up backtracking again and ends up at speed dial. And he says, Yasmin, I just want to explain, like. And Yasmin's like, like, no. Oh. Go away. Oh, you killed him you killed a woman, did you oh, oh did you stab him in the neck and then <laughs> leave him to die on the floor? Oh and get away with it because you said he was mean to you. Oh no you didn't. Oh. Maybe you should try that next time. <laughs> and what would he have, what would Kelly have said? Oh, did you kick did you kick someone to death but he didn't have any blood on the trainers? Oh you. Were you in cahoots with the, the scion of a publishing company? No, 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 you didn't. Oh, oh never mind. Oh, my gosh. Um, I knew it would just take you a bit of time to warm up, Gemma. You're fine for now. I, I should have just... We should have played a drinking game of every time somebody told somebody to to bugger off this week in Coronation Street. Although I would give a drink to whoever it was that told Alia to disappear off screen for half the week. Good job. Later on... <laughs> Yasmin's having a bit of a stressy afternoon in Speedal. She's forgotten Kirk's change. She's got Shona's order wrong. She has a little mini breakdown and Zidane says, oh, what? look, Grant, why don't you just... Why don't you just bugger oh, off? Oh, <laughs> and get some buggering rest at home, please. So she gets home and find, who does she find skulking about in number six? Six? But Stu, he's looking for his watch. And she tells him... You'll, you'll never guess what, everybody. What? She says, okay, right, I've decided I've been unreasonable. <laughs> Can I sit really, down and make you a cup of tea? I've realised there's a pattern in my relationships recently where I blame people for things that actually my ex-husband, who's now dead, <laughs> Jeff had done. And I, I'm wondering if perhaps I have a pathological Maybe I'm the problem. Issue. <laughs> no, she tells him to bag her off. <laughs> 
and, and not only he... that but later she steals his wallet um his um watch and throws it away <laughs> like that's also a crime i mean it's not as bad as killing a girl but he might be interested he starts coming at her like he's like, like the child catcher saying oh yes me i didn't i didn't do it like it's like listen here you unreasonable cow <laughs> sit down and she's there splinching at the side of the orangery no, Jeff, no. No. I mean, it's a good, I mean the, <laughs> good job the knife wasn't on the side there or the bottle or anything. Otherwise, Stu's um... like, get in this box and let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he says, okay, I'm going to tell you everything. Right. right. It's fairly boring. The story is fairly predictable and boring. Do you want me to explain? Me and this waitress, this dead waitress when she was alive, we was having an affair. And then when they couldn't find the culprit, forever it was what killed her. They pinned it on me. And also, I was getting mad at Stu here because I thought he was taking advantage of a younger woman. But if this was 27 years ago, presumably he's also aged since then. Yes. So perhaps he was younger. In the mid-90s, he probably perhaps was younger. Perhaps he was 27 years younger when this happened. Could have been, could have been. He might have been a similar age. Yeah, maybe. Um. I can only guess. <laughs> um, anyway, um, he says, oh... I got arrested and there was a really nasty police officer called Lennox and he just made me say I did it. So I said I did it. Dirty sandwiches. <laughs> oh yeah, he did make me some dirty sandwiches. He made me a dirty pass. sandwich and it just made me go crazy and I said I did it. And then I said actually no I didn't do it and they said, Well, tough luck, mate. It says on the tape that we've done it and it's it recorded said, on actual tape, it's not digital. This is I the nineties, you know. It's you can't hard take it back if you ate the sandwich and you date the sandwich. No so. takes you back, see Stu. You're going to jail for twenty seven years. And Yasmin, you know, the very warm, caring, um, understanding and reasonable woman that she is. She totally is. She's, you're not getting my sympathy, Stu. There's no such thing as a wrongful conviction. (laughs) No, exactly. There's no such thing. (laughs) Everybody who gets sent to jail definitely deserves it, especially around these parts. And he's like, said, look, I spoke to a solicitor eventually. Yeah, because this is this other thing that Lennox wouldn't let him do. He wouldn't let him have a lawyer earlier. Um, but, but I got one eventually, but he was no good because he was just a young, young, young lad. And Yasmin says, no, no, she doesn't. She gets, a, she gets a phone call, doesn't she? And she makes a sneaky phone call to Zidane and then slips it into her pocket. So Zidane knows that Stu's there having a rant at her. In the end, Stu says, they got shot of Detective Lennox. They clearly found out how dodgy he was. But, oh, well, nothing I can do about it now. I didn't do the crime, but I done my time. And whoever did it is still out there, not having got the punishment they deserved. And Jasmine didn't get the hint here. What? She's like, she didn't go. Is there a murder mystery plot? Could I be part of a murder mystery plot? Can we solve the crime? In 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 the past, she went, no, get out. <laughs> she says, go away. I do not believe you. She's just like. You know that this is so, building up to like so some kind of. So stubborn really obvious and easy to solve murder it was bridget it was lucy who it else was could someone it be? else maybe she killed herself maybe it was Stu, and he's dupinous all that would be the biggest twist of that would be a massive twist that'd be an awesome Stu. twist if it was actually Stu. but i fear that's like, not gonna happen i can't believe you 
you commit a murder and you also do a dirty sandwich. <laughs> anyway, make eventually, sense. Zidane gets what Yasmin's hitting at with her sneaky phone call and he shows up only with Officer Craigie in tow, so Stu's trembling in his boots. Every at this time point. Officer Craigie turns up, he is just primed and ready to go. And if he leaves the scene without arresting someone, mm. I, I fear for what will happen to Faye. <laughs> Well, in the dark, in the night, who knows what he'll do. He hasn't been able to arrest somebody. <laughs> Craigie tries to get Stu to bugger off. <laughs> Although everybody else was fairly successful in getting everyone to do one for the whole He's of the rest of the week. The Craig like, is the only person who can't do he it. He has the power of like Queen Elizabeth II. It's like, according to her Madge, it's her party jubes this year. You're not going to leave. She'll be really sad. Go no, on, didn't even Go on. No. And he's like, well, I'm arresting you then. If I can't make you leave myself, I'm going to drag you out, kicking and screaming. Also, Stu drops his watch on the carpet, and this is why Yasmin throws it away. Um, what a that's, kit. That, that kind of... Well, she says she's going to throw it away, but I think we're supposed to... That's going to be a little plot point, so don't forget that Stu's watch... Is it number six at the moment? Yeah. Is there some kind of mystery engraving say, at the back, like there was on the back of Rick's watch? Don't forget... That it's also been put into the rubbish heap next to the video evidence that Jeff collected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the bin. Oh, yeah. Maybe that will get uncovered at the same time. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. So what's the name of this murdered woman? Uh, I can't. I don't think I wrote. Has she even got a Sophie? name? I think she has. I think it's a Sophia or a Sophia or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what could it be? Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Penelope. I don't know. Maybe the watch is like, to Stu from Penelope, I know you would never kill me. And if I'm found dead, it was almost certainly Bridget that did it. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. Maybe she like, as she was lying dying on the floor, you know how sometimes people write the name of the, 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 the yeah, murderer yeah, in yeah. blood on the floor. Maybe yeah. she inscribed it on the Just back of his watch. It's been, he's been on his wrist ever since. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm sure that'll come up at some point in the future. Later on, Yasmin's telling Zidane about Stu's story, and Zidane's like, Stu was set up? No way, I don't believe that. Do you think we were born yesterday? And Yasmin starts to look like she maybe does believe him actually. I don't relate to any of these people. Do not? If somebody, if I knew somebody I knew was a murderer, I'd be thrilled. I'd want to know all the gory details. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I, I won't down. tell anyone. Right, tell me everything. And then maybe I'll decide after that and shun them forever. But also, equally, I'd do a film. Would you, would you? Would you write a book about it? I'd write a book about it. An say, expose. My Brush with Death, a story about stew. <laughs> with recipes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Friday. Um... Zidane's grumpy. Who'd have thought? She could write. She could have. She's got two volumes. I know. She could be the new local crime fiction writer of Weatherfield, couldn't she? I'd rather read a book by Yasmin than I would by Mrs. Hinch. I tell you that for nothing. (laughs) Ten steps to avoid being murdered by your boyfriend slash husband. Zidane is pretty miffed on Friday (laughs) because they're not throwing the book at Stu apparently and uh, he also admits to Craig that actually he did kind of like him well you could have fooled me Zidane I don't know how you can tell whether Zidane ever likes anything because he's never cracked a smile does he he? 
<laughs> he's slightly less grumpy to the people that he finds endearing. I don't know. Sucky or anyway. Speaking of, if uh, you thinking of, uh, I'm trying to think of a segue here. Speaking of Elaine. <laughs> speaking of people who people are grumpy about, Elaine comes in. Yes, that's right. She has still not left the program, and she's still wearing a peach cone. It's thirty degrees outside. It seems like the heat wave has not reached Weatherfield, just like the last time. Who'd have thought? It's all those tall buildings in Victoria Street. It shields everybody from it. No, it doesn't. That doesn't work. You need more trees. Um, well, there's planning. one outside the salon. Mm. Elaine comes. What's going on with the salon? It's Audrey said. I think all the people that live around there going, "Oh, good, Audrey's is open again. I can get my hair cut for the nope. first time in three years." <laughs> No. Okay. So um, Elaine comes into speed dial to see how Yasmin's um, doing because you heard all about the the. the oh Yasmin, I heard your hus- your boyfriend's a murderer again. We know Elaine. We know you're just fishing for gossip. <laughs> Yasmin says I'm fine, honestly, but it's given me food for thought. There must be lots of new abused women out there, and I've got an idea about how I can help. Yasmin. Just imagine if Yasmin was like, she was like, I want to do something. I want to, I'm going to ring up Women's Aid and say, I want to have a charity fundraiser. She rings them up and they're like, thank you, we'll just put you on hold. And then they have Ian Battle on the music single oh playing as the hold music. No! <laughs> I also just want to say to her. What? Your experiences aren't typical, Yasmin. She's like, this seems really strange. I, I, I'm an average woman. Is this the sort of thing that happens to everyone? Is this why Heat Magazine is so popular? <laughs> First of all, I get cheated on. Then I get abused. And now I'm going out with a murderer. No, Yasmin. You don't need to form a support group. You need to sell your story to yeah. OK Magazine for £250. <laughs> anyway, um, she, they're gonna, that's about it. Really. They're going to have a support group. They're going to have a charity raffle um, to raise money for people in similar predicament. Maybe Yasmin's going to be like... Is there anybody in a similar picnic? Oh, well, I'll take the money for myself. Oh, Thanks, in guys. that case, I actually do need new plates. Doesn't she? What happened earlier? I can't remember what happened earlier this year with, with money. Didn't she raise a load of money and then Bernie ended up getting it? Oh. I can't remember what happened with that now. I think we're supposed to have forgotten about that. It's a sort of similar thing, though, isn't it? It's like Bernie's kid was in the... Bernie's daughter's kid was in the attic all along. Yeah. <laughs> and Yasmin is just like, got bad taste in men, but you can't really help that. It's not charity. No, no. <laughs> the bad taste in men charity, every woman on Coronation Street. Should be getting a payout from that one. Um, and, uh, it kind of peters out towards the end of the episode and gets mixed up with Stephen's stuff, which we're going to come to later. But anyway, Craig tells Yasmin, oh, I've done a bit of research and I probably shouldn't tell you this, but yeah, it turns out, sh- don't, don't tell anyone yet, that, that Lennox was kicked off the force and he says he was framed. Oh, no, I don't that's believe him. That's what everybody said. says. And uh, they can't uh, both be framed. And Zidane seems interested in this. So, um, oh, yeah. God, yes. Uh, if Zidane solves the case... Is that going to make him crack a smile? No. <laughs> like, you, you go... Uh, uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't do it. He's right. Gran. Now kiss. In it. Grace. And I, oh, I just didn't know who to get frustrated with more in this storyline this week. I think it was Stu. The amount of times think... he was like, no, wait, let me explain. Well, he wasn't even saying, let me explain. I was saying, I don't think he was anyway. I was saying, bloody hell, Stu, tell them what happened. All Stu was saying was, I was set up. I didn't need to do it. I, I, it wasn't me. I, it, like, I, I know what happened. 
But he wasn't, he didn't take what the next step then? until midway through Wednesday's episode to actually say Shelley? what happened. Literally. If what, why wasn't Kelly a little bit more inquisitive when she was like, at the hospital? Well, if he killed someone, I, you know, that never happens. You never get accused of killing somebody you didn't do it. So. <laughs> she had blind faith in this, in this hobo that she picked up off the street. That makes me, no. When he didn't even, he wouldn't even tell her what happened other than no. I didn't do it. Well, it's, it's these um these murderers stick together, don't they? She's like, yeah, yeah, you didn't do it. I didn't <laughs> wink, do it. Wink, I didn't That's kill right. Seb. Right, not we me. We didn't do it, did we? We were framed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just like, yeah. and then she, and then she turns to um the camera goes, he did it. <laughs> Definitely did it. Yeah, no, I was just waiting for all of Monday's episode for him to just say, so this is what happened. If I was being accused of murder. And I, and and I was and I and I was saying yeah I confessed but I didn't do it. Why does it take him so long to say? And this is why I confess. I get more defensive when I get accused of like not emptying the dishwasher when I'm supposed to. <laughs> why on earth was he being so cagey about this? And you're right. It wasn't exactly a juicy story, was it? It was no, just a, like really it was boring. just a nasty policeman. Or I mean, policeman made me eat a dirty sandwich and then he said I did it and I agreed with him. <laughs> Social pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I have to just say, this does ha- actually happen. It does happen. It like, does happen. Sorry to anybody get... listening who have been framed. Yeah, I'm really sorry if you've been accused <laughs> of murder. Sorry if you've you had a dirty sandwich. <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, I, yeah, this does actually happen more than people like to think. And uh, that's why you can't, you can't really trust confessions. Because a lot of the time... Well, not, not a lot of the time, but you really can't trust them. Because... Especially back in the old days. The old days of the 90s, like. yeah. But Gemma, his DNA was all over her, remember? Yeah, but they were having sexy time. Well, yeah, exactly. So he... How he... did they... They couldn't They couldn't distinguish in 27 years ago. It was a very hard time. This is why so many rom-coms were kind of like based on stalking and uh, inappropriate <laughs> behaviour because back in the 90s, we couldn't tell the difference. We couldn't, we couldn't. <laughs> No, so um, I, I was kind of hoping for something a little bit more juicy here. I was um, hoping for a bit more intrigue or like, yeah, not like, oh, I didn't, I just didn't do it. Yeah. And also, whoever it is that did do it, we don't know who they are, do we? We're not going to, it's not going to be like, oh, I can't believe it. It's going to be like, oh. Well, I, I, before we found out about um, it was a nasty policeman, I saw some people saying that maybe he was trying to cover up for Bridget. Like, did Bridget Lots kill of this person? thought it was Bridget, yeah. And it seems like it probably wasn't now. Although maybe it was... I mean, if if it turns out... This is the, this is the problem, maybe, with this I don't story. Care, I don't know who Bridget is. We, we've been introduced to Bridget and Lucy, so maybe if it turns out that it's one of them, it's like, oh, no, but they seemed so like they weren't murderers. But if it turns out that it was just some rando... And that makes it even less interesting. And also, like he's like he hasn't really talked about Bridget and how great she is. But I'm I would, I don't want to be mean, but anytime a parent tells me how great their kid is, I do reserve judgment because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time they're not. They're just crap. <laughs> I, I assume at the end of this story we will actually find out who did it, just so it's yeah, narratively satisfying in a way. Yeah, of course we will. But. I can't see our reaction crazy? being any more than just, oh, okay. Is, if it's, if it's I, I reckon it's Billy. If it's somebody else that we do know, like, say it's Ray Crosby or Rick Nealon. Elaine Jones. It'll just be like, oh, that's silly. Yeah. 
It's it is a little it's bit because they can't really do they can't do a murder mystery like this in Quarry. They can do it like they they've tried to before, where they have got suspects and we know them all, and they've all got equal reason and they've all got equal, you know, there's going to be equal ramifications if one of them ends up doing it. Yeah, like you know, I'm thinking of who killed Tina and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Who bopped Frank on the head? It doesn't work like this. It's like who kills someone you don't know who they are, and it's a bunch of people you don't know who they are either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> At least Stu will be vindicated and and maybe Yasmin will forgive him for five minutes until he forgets to put the iron away and then she says, oh, Jeff forgot to put the iron away. I mean, I'm starting to think, and I don't want to offend people, I'm starting to think Yasmin's been a bit unfair on Jeff. (laughs) I know. He didn't actually kill anyone. (laughs) It's really... In fact, if anyone tried to kill anyone, it was Yasmin. They're making... Oh, Yasmin is like... Really grinding my gears at the moment. And when she went into the hospital, I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be. She's going to be a rare perspective here. Maybe maybe Yasmin's going to forgive him, and then they'll, you know, cuddle up and whatever. It's like, no, she's just being a cow again. And then he goes, and okay, he invades her house, and maybe, maybe he should have asked before letting himself in. But uh, and and I don't want to kind of downplay all the horrific um, circumstances of the Jeff storyline. But, oh my gosh, um, she could try the patience of a saint, that Yasmin, at the moment. <laughs> um, I heard a good f- turn of phrase today, and it was something like, even Jesus Christ would have told you to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but tell you what I did like, I did like the Eileen scene with Yasmin. Yeah. That was worth it. for, for And it was totally a not-needed scene either, was it? And, and has Eileen ever shared a scene with Yasmin before? Doubt I don't it. really know. Um, but that was quite nice, um, just well, for, you know, but, but then, then Yasmin spoiled it by saying, I don't want to talk to you, Eileen, you're not in our filming group. So, have you got anything else to add? Um, no, but I did also appreciate the fact that Ken wants the death penalty for people who say my bad, and also start sentences with so, <laughs> which I can't even remember who, oh, it was Shona that said that, because there was another little scene on Wednesday, wasn't there, with Shona and Billy just saying, oh, that's Stuart. Stuart, <laughs> Billy like? was like, oh, I don't agree with, I can't remember why they why it came up in conversation, and Shona was like, yeah, <laughs> you know what Ken thinks. I just thought they were having a nice little gossip outside uh, number four, it. that's quite, not quite fun. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not disliking this story. I just imagine innocent, poor little Amy being like, oh, granddad, my bad. I forgot to make your stuffed marrow that you love. <laughs> so, do you want it now? And he's like, die. Ken plays a gasket. No, die. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this story, but I think they need to stop making the characters quite so infuriating in it. Because there's nothing wrong with a good murder mystery. And I was complaining a few weeks ago that it was moving too slowly. It's not anymore. Um, Unfortunately, Eileen and Yasmin both suffering from the ramifications of what happened with them. With... Um, Murderous ex-spouses. With... with um, What's his name? Phelan? Jeff? No, I meant Elaine, sorry. Elaine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff. Like, they... It's just kind of... 
this is the trouble with Coronation Street because the soap is on every, you know, it's on every day, mm. kind of, for the whole year. And so they can show how long it takes you to get over something. But when they truthfully try to sort of portray somebody struggling genuinely, and it takes years to trust people I know. again. But when they show it faithfully, we're like, boring, she's so lame, I hate her, she's so annoying. But like, when they don't show that, we're like, oh, she got over that quick, didn't she? Look, Yasmin just needs to take a lesson out of Eileen's book and not appear in a story for about two years. Just just host people. Now Eileen's back and and she's having lots of jolly jokes with Sean and George and that lot. And it's like, you're feeling who? Exactly. She was actually married to a murderer. Jeff, Jeff wasn't so bad. Jeff was just trifling. <laughs> um, do you, do you, are you a do, uh, Debbie indebted story now? Right, I'm going to move on to this. I'm doing the synopsis in with my um, with my voice. Voice. Um, so um, this was the big story last week, and um, it's all going to kind of got tied up neatly in a bow almost by the end of this week's episode. Almost so. like there was no point. Ronnie comes into the Beaster on Monday morning to say, sorry, Debbie, um, when she accepts that and appreciates it and everything. And they agree that they're going to be friends. Um, but she's kind of looking hopeful that they can get back together as a couple. Spoiler alert, by the end of the... Oh, excuse me. By the end of the week, they do. She doesn't like crimes. Then Leanne comes in, who's also a massive cow this week, isn't she? She clearly has... Uh, does not believe that Ray was the one behind the break-in. Remember, oh. this was the story, wasn't it? That, yeah. That Ray and his cronies convinced Ryan to do the break-in in. She's and like, oh, I'm the only one who does crimes against... He Ray does crimes against. No one else. I'm the only important one. <laughs> and Debbie says, well, you never know, Leanne. It might have been Ray. Or maybe it was Harvey. And she says, I definitely think that Ryan deserves a second chance, though. Doesn't good? Yeah, definitely Ryan deserves a second chance. Absolutely, let's never talk about it again. So so Ryan gets a second chance. Yeah. And Stu gets kicked out and his watch gets nicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um... So Debbie's like, she she's able to twist Nick's arm a little bit, but Leanne's still standing firm. And she phones up Ryan and says, look, you need to have a word with Nick later. I think you need to get your story straight because Debbie she phones. could be in there now. Debbie does, yeah. yeah. So Ryan has this meeting with uh, with Nick and Debbie and Leanne and uh, it, it talks about he talks about getting getting threatened by armed gunmen and everything. And Leanne's just sitting there going, I don't believe a word of this cock story. I don't understand this. She's like, she thinks she's special. She's like, oh, why would he threaten armed you? Armed gunmen in Weatherfield. Who ever heard such a story? What, drug dealers menacing you in your own house. That would never happen. <laughs> well, before they can get very far, Officer Craig Hughes, very, very busy this week, comes and takes Ryan into the station for questioning. Hot in that jacket. I must be, mustn't I? Um, Ryan's been summoned to the magistrate's court tomorrow. He's got his trial coming up, his hearing or whatever it is. And he says, Craig, my story's true. I was I was coerced into this by armed gunmen. And Craig says, well, you need to find some pretty good evidence to counter the CCTV before tomorrow if you want to stand a cat and L's chance of getting away with this one, actually, mister. So Ryan and Debbie have a sneaky chat out the back of the bistro later. And he says, look, you're not really supporting me like you said you would. I'm the one that's taking the fall for this and you're just laughing. And um, I've got a plan though, Debbie. What we could do, right, you'll like this one, is we could reenact a scene where you pretend to be an armed gunman and I'll be me and we'll stage it out underneath the CCTV 
And then that'll be it, and that'll be the golden evidence. And she's like, that's going to look absolutely ridiculous. And that scene was hilarious. I don't wasn't remember it? what she said. She says it'll look like you're being held up by Harry Potter. <laughs> she just, I, I feel sorry for, for Sue Devaney. Maybe she doesn't doesn't mind, but there are a couple of um, lines talking about how short she well, she's was. She's incredibly this petite. Week. This thing, right? Being being a lady, being petite's not the worst thing you can be. So, the only thing I think that would annoy me about it is not being able to eat as much food. I know, she but I've never let that stop me doing anything, <laughs> so I don't know why that would be a problem. Sue Devaney was on this morning this week, and I did, I, I watched it a couple of days later, and she was she looked very very tiny on the sofa when she was sitting She's back, great. her legs didn't touch the floor, but she didn't care. She was rocking it. Yeah, she was she awesome, and she had well, these amazing glasses, like she looked like um, Rita Skeeter. Yeah, don't understand why Ryan thinks that being molested by Danger Mouse on video is gonna convince anyone <laughs> of anything. Well, she she can stand on a box or something. She'll be fine. And she's like, no, it'll look ridiculous. You're just going to have to trust me that everything's going to be okay. But Ryan's he not taking that. He, he's not. He says, Paul, Paul, can you can you kind of fix the CCTV for me? Um, can but you kind of set it, can you set it up? Yeah, don't tell anybody. But I need you to sort the CCTV out. And Paul says, this sounds dodgy. No. Also, I wouldn't know how to do I it. Can't do it. Um, Ronnie's listening into this conversation. So Ryan's there later, balancing Aussie on a bin or a crate or something, with with a screwdriver in one hand, his phone on YouTube on the other hand, trying to trying to teach himself how to fiddle this CCTV camera so he can film himself can being I, held up. Can I ask you if this is the same YouTube? channel that does DIY tutorials that Craig used to remove a probably. piece of evidence from a U-Ben. Yeah, it's also probably the same one that, um, was it Paul used when he was trying to fix Daniel's sink last year? Yeah, but that year. wasn't to commit crimes. This it is wasn't. like a DIY crime channel. <laughs> yeah. I'll Hi do- guys, welcome to my DIY crime <laughs> channel. If you want to commit some crimes, don't forget to uh, click subscribe and ding that bell. Right, we've got uh, This week's CCTV crimes. But before I get to <laughs> to rob a bistro and a quick word from our sponsors Surfshark <laughs> do you want to do dodgy stuff in the dark web <laughs> without anybody finding out do, do you want to buy cheap drugs <laughs> do you want to watch Netflix from France <laughs> do you, are you having problems in the bedroom and you want to look up naughtyvideos.com without your wife finding out no, was it naughty videos 101 <laughs> yeah. they have erotic short stories <laughs> Anyway, uh, it doesn't go so well for Ryan. You know, he ends up falling off his crate and then... um, You should have gone to the DIY How to Climb Up a Crate channel. Yeah. Um, Debbie comes and finds him (coughs) later and he kind of... Oh, is it Debbie or is it Ryan? Ronnie, I mean, I think it was Ronnie. Ronnie comes up and and, and, um, Ryan tells him he's up up to his neck in it, basically. And Ronnie says, you're never going to get away with this. You need to take your punishment like a man. And all throughout these scenes... Is there a YouTube channel for that? What? How to take your punishment. <coughs> like Probably. A, or do you have to pay an extra subscription? Yeah. The, these scenes were um, were annoying me as I was watching them because they were clearly being filmed in the alley opposite street, uh, Speed Dull one <laughs> And when they first had the scenes of him... What? No. Not the point. No, because it was supposed to be outside the bistro. You said it was the alley outside the bistro, you just said. No, that's like speed dial, I said. Uh, so when they first showed Ryan fiddling around, tinkering about with the, with the CCTV camera, I was like, oh, this is interesting. They're showing around the back of the bistro. I wonder, wonder how they've Maybe not this Maybe he's going to be like, it can't have like, been me. Minute. This is Villain's Alley. 
It can't have been me because I was being speed dial at the time. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, all of those scenes then, I was just thinking, this is in Victoria Street. This is not outside the back of the V-Stro. Well, they need to get more dodgy alleys in Coronation Street because there's lots of nefarious shenanigans that go on and you can't, there's got to be more than one place to do it. You've only ruined it for yourself. I've ruined it for myself and for everybody now. Sorry about, about that, everybody. So, Wednesday, Ryan's going to go for his court appearance. Is that our 10-year anniversary slogan? What? Conversation Street, ruining the show for 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, making fun of your favourite soap for For a decade. For at least 10 years. (laughs) Since 2012. Ronnie wishes Ryan luck, so does Debbie, although she can't come along to support him because she's far too busy at the Bistro. I can't come to that filming block, sorry. Well... Ryan barely turns up himself. We see a scene of him getting ready to go into court. This was the sort of thing where I think... In the... You know, this is the sort of thing where you find out afterwards what happened and you think, oh, they could have filmed that. And then when they film you're like, why'd they film this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, they, sh- they sh- showed him kind of standing up and, um, and the judge saying... Um, you were coerced mm. by people linked to Ray Crosby, were you? And he's like, yeah, I was. I was, I but was. But they didn't actually show his um, sentencing, did they? Also, they just talked about it later and he's got community service. It doesn't feel correct. Like, I don't... You, you guys know. I don't know how any of this works. But it feels a bit like you can't just go to court and be like, it wasn't me, Ray Crosby did it to me. And they're like, all right, well, he is a crim, so probably was him. I think that Stu should have tried that excuse 27 just years ago. Just go in and be like, oh, I, I was going to do it, but then Stu came along and he was murdering a girl and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> no, Stu should like, have just said, Ray, Ray told me to murder the waitress. Oh, right, community service. I was going to do it, but then Tracy Barlow popped out and I was scared. <laughs> All right, okay, you get away with it then. Well, this, this I, I thought that this scene where they didn't show this, it was a little bit like um, later in the week or some point in the week, we also had the tale of Glenda and Mary going to the, the dentist to try and pretend to be um, Hunky Lawrence's European sister and they didn't show any of that. And, and Corrie has a habit sometimes, don't they, of telling us about all these amazing adventures the characters are going on, like being sentenced <laughs> and they're not actually showing it or well, the protests today like oh no when when we've heard about all these protests that spider's been going on since he's been back and we've only seen the the, the one that happened to take place on victoria street very, let's see very convenient is a challenge let's see him go to center of manchester yeah piccadilly gardens yeah two o'clock in the morning yeah that mcdonald's watch bar dodgy stand in front of that and start protesting about eating meat that's yes. what happens to him they should they should they should get out there and film it anyway, I wonder <laughs> um, Ryan Ryan gets community service hurrah um, which we probably won't see any of Ryan's down in the dumps about his life could things get any worse yeah Debbie's quite pleased to hear how it all turned out because it looks like she's got away with this Scott what free. community service is he doing uh, I know what it's going to be it's going to end up being uh, he has to put the curry in the bag for the reduce recycle food waste initiative. Oh yeah, probably. And he works there anyway, so who cares? <laughs> um, Debbie... Do you think Yasmin's like, oh, sorry, Ryan, you don't get paid for this hour. So <laughs> Ryan um, gets told by Debbie later that the insurers aren't paying out, uh, but. There is good news. What? I'm offering you a head waiter's position at the bistro. And he thinks this sounds utterly ridiculous. But I'm this a DJ. guy who robbed her 
is now being invited to be a head waiter at a bistro, isn't that going to look a little bit sus? But what it, will Nick his, and Leanne say? His skills are in music. I know. Well, maybe you can you can do two at once. Do you want some wine? Do you want a basket of bread? <laughs> um, That's what we think DJs do. So that shows that, that shows you the last time that we went out to a discotheque. <laughs> Never been to one. Um, anyway, Debbie says, "Stuff Nick and Leanne, just stick to your story." Tar very much for saving my skin. Friday. Wow, um, my God. What? Just the whole thing. <laughs> it's Can I just fun. say, Debbie and Ryan. I love, love Debbie and Ryan. I think they're brilliant. I think uh, all the stories this week, taking the mick out of them a lot, but most of the characters I really enjoy We're delirious them. from the heat. I do like Yasmin. I do like Stu. I'm kind of intrigued about what this, what is going on here. I like this storyline because I like, yeah, I like. Debbie, I'm just getting trans by her earrings. <laughs> I know. She turns up and she just like talks animatedly and her earrings shake and I'm like, oh, shiny. <laughs> and, her, and her bizarrely pink hair as what, well. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, staggering. Like, is it pink or is, is it the lighting? Is, pink is it really pink or is it just my eyes? <laughs> Am I so hot that everything is pink? Um. So, Ryan, pennies up on Friday morning for his first shift at the bistro. Still worried a little bit what Nick and Leanne will say. And yep, they are not happy when they rock up. Leanne's um, never happy. And Nick, I don't think he can smile since he had an accident. Nick Nick didn't have a whole lot to say in today's episode. It was mostly Leanne that wouldn't let anyone else get a word in edgeways. Good for her. Ryan says, well, you know, Debbie owed, her, Debbie owed me. Um, let, let's, no, what was it? Did I owed Debbie, Debbie... <laughs> let's go into the back of the let's go into the back He's of the like, bistro look at this earring <laughs> I don't care anymore let's go into the back of the bistro and we'll talk about it without everybody listening in so they do and Debbie tells Nick and Leanne everything basically she's like she tells them the whole of the story this line. sounds implausible but you know what things are like around <laughs> but, here I challenge you to find a story it was a really exciting episode that I makes promise. sense this week <laughs> Well, Leanne can't believe how ridiculous this whole thing sounds. Nick says, oh, it's over for you. I'm calling the cops. And Debbie says, no, look, I ain't got any money. I'm completely stony broke, mate. Um, please keep quiet so that we can work our way out of this hole that we've found ourselves in. She's now talking about herself in Plora because she's the queen of the street, of course. Love her. And, um, and, and, and lovely, gracious Leanne is very magnanimous and says... Wonder why. All right, then. She's like, you know what? I thought about it a bit more. And there's like, oh yeah, I was a dodgy <laughs> restaurateur back in the day. At least you didn't burn it down. Remember Valandro's everywhere? And Nick Nick Exposition here says, what? Valandro's? The Italian restaurant that you have with Paul Clayton? Remember that, everybody at home? If you don't remember it, don't worry. They burn it down. So they're going to explain it to you? I can't actually remember much about it, but they did burn it down, didn't say, they? They'll explain it to you. She's like, oh, I did fraud once. I know what it's like. <laughs> What <laughs> I did for once, and I know what it's like. The last thing you need is two busybodies sticking their neb in. So we'll just <laughs> let it be, okay? Best thing about Valandro's on our little recent rewatch, Luigi. Oh, I Much. love Luigi. <laughs> Incredibly. Underrated he was character. Like, he was a bit like Sean, but even more bitchy, if you can imagine <laughs> it. Like this really, really bitchy and camp waiter. Yeah. Just like spent his time, um, what's the, like, uh, just pirouetting on his on his. 
Yeah, but he was just like very sarcastic he and was. dry, wasn't yeah. he? You reminded me a little bit of Craig Gazy as well. Oh, he was great. A little bit. I was watching him going, oh, I really... That's Graham Box, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I thought he'd been in more things, but I think he just made such an impression on me both times I've seen him that I just love him so much and he's hardly in it. Yeah. Anyway, so Leanne was proper dodgy back in the day. Yeah, well, she still is, really. She still is a little bit. She's doing drugs so, um, last year. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Debbie um, uh, kind of work her way out of this, this hole, she says. And we don't want the bistro taken off us either, do we? Which is... Sell some That kind of happens when people do insurance fraud. So, end of the day. All gone lovely for Ryan. Swimmingly. And um, Ronnie comes in and has a nice little sit with... Debbie had a cry, didn't she? Did you see? She had a yeah. bit of a tears in her eyes moment because she, she's decided that she's going to offload some of her assets, which I kind of means sell everywhere that really isn't Chariot Square in the bistro. She said something like, oh, maybe I... She just think about stocks and I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Excuse me, love. Are you telling me you want me to feel sorry for you and you have stocks? You're invested. You have money that you've invested in stocks which aren't real. <laughs> well, she's... I, I, this it, is like very much, I don't know how the, the fuel crisis is going to affect me this winter. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, my, my castle's going to be so drafty. <laughs> Hang on a minute. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> totally. Well, anyway, she, she's going she's gonna to figure it out, basically. And Ronnie says, I'm really proud of you, Chuck. And you're not on your own. You got me. And then they have a snog. And then he gets really into it. He does. He's like, like, get his hands right in there. Hang on, this isn't her office. This is just in the middle of the... I know. trying to eat my living... I know. Can you imagine going out for dinner and you're just sitting there happily enjoying your calzonia or whatever and then you see the restaurant owner just necking some buff guy in the booth next to you. Yeah, and I'm like, where's her her earrings from? (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't like... Grab hold of her in it, one earring on each hand as I come here, you, and use them to pull them towards her. Maybe that's what they're for. Ah. Um, anyway, that was what went on in that story. Um, I was a bit disappointed that I was expecting to see like Ryan in jail or something. Consequences. I thought there might be some sort of consequences because he did do a Robin. I know, it's like the, the, <laughs> the court was like, what did you do? Where's the money? You don't know. Okay. What did you do it for? And a bad man made you do <laughs> I know. Everyone's, if anyone gets arrested for anything, you've got to remember man. that excuse because it's clearly, um, clearly worked. An older boy came and told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't... Ray himself is in prison at the Why, moment, Ray's isn't Ray's in prison, it? like, pinning Ray's this associates. on me now, are you? What the hell? Well, then we you didn't ask we him as well. I was like, where we could have wheeled Ray in. We could have got Mr. F- Mr. Mark Frost back into the in. show. They could have got him in. Say, like, I don't know, know no. anything to do with it, mate. It could have been like Silence of the Lambs where he gets wheeled in with a mask on, like <laughs> strapped to something, going, ah, ah. <laughs> Ray Crossbeard, did you do this? <laughs> Sorry, we can't understand a word of it. Put him back in the cell. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> It, I, I don't mind because it was kind of a fun story and I didn't want either... This I didn't want call, Ryan or Debbie to go to jail, This is what you call really. a caper. 
It was a proper caper. Well, it was a caper back in the 70s. A caper in the 70s yeah. would be, um, they've accidentally watered down the, the other whiskey at the Rovers and they and, and, and Alf, they Eddie and that have to, have to drink it all down and get plastered before Annie Walker finds out. No, this, this it, was in like, 2022, a caper yeah, is... Um, involves going to court. Yeah, and, and, and getting caught on CCTV, robbing a safe. But oh well, all's well that ends well here. But... And nobody has it to give totally, any money back or totally, anything. Yeah, it totally ends up with nothing, no resolution here whatsoever. Like, Debbie's like, oh, no, I think about it. I could have just done a bit more paperwork. I could have just sat in the booth with my pen <laughs> and looked at bits of paper a bit longer and maybe I would have found a solution. Yeah, it, take, it takes this happening to you to realise that you could actually just come solve up with a more problem. legal way. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell some of my stocks. She's like, oh yeah, I remember, I've got that hard drive full of bitcoins. I'm going to sell that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, something's still not sold, Gemma. Aggie. And we haven't seen hide nor hair of her this week. She's going to oh, be on the yeah. warpath next week saying, oh, excuse me, lady, you still owe me. I don't even remember how much Debbie still owes Aggie, but yeah, Debbie will probably just find it down the back of the sofa or saying, here you go, here's another 10 grand, love. And that'll be the end of that. Um, but didn't, didn't, didn't Leanne take money? Hmm? Didn't Leanne take money out the till, out the business for Toya's defence fund to the tune of five grand? No, I thought that, I thought that Toya took it out of the safe. Leanne knows that £5,000 out of the business has been taken, right? Yes. I can't remember what's happened with that. She's like, oh no, five grand has gone. Debbie did it. Want me? Oh, Debbie, you're bad. You're such a bad, bad lady. <laughs> you can't pay it back. I don't remember what's happened with also, that. Also, like, Ryan's like, didn't Ryan at one point say something like, oh, my mum can't find out about this. And I'm thinking, she'd be so proud. Michelle's abroad, we found out this week. What does that mean? So anybody worried what, like, about Michelle rocking up to say, say, oh, excuse me, missus. She's that's, not coming back. That's Hurrah. what they say about witches in general. What? They're, they're abroad. abroad. <laughs> she could be around the corner. That just means she's up to, to witchy business. It doesn't mean she's she's on holiday. I think I think she is. Um, what do you reckon, Gemma, about this potential theory going around that Ryan and Debbie are going to be the next hot thing? No. Because it was brought up in the show. And, and But before that, some people had been saying, I saw on social media saying, oh, I reckon that Ryan and Debbie could be a new couple. No, don't like it. It's, uh, De- Debbie there's said, no, Debbie said no I'm not his Mrs. Robinson today. And what that is so code for is we're going to be we're in bed by shagging. this time next week. There's no, there's, I don't get, no, I don't like that. Don't do it, please. I don't know whether I'd be completely adverse to it. I'd rather he was with somebody fun like Debbie than boring old Alia. And she's always shacked up with, what, with hunky on. Matt at the moment. Debbie's with Alia? No, I'd said I'd rather that Ryan be with somebody fun like Debbie than boring Alia. Yeah, but I'd rather, counterpoint, hmm. Debbie was with someone fun than boring Ryan. Well, she is now. She's with well, she's with exciting Ronnie, isn't she? <laughs> Which is good for me, I suppose, because I was starting to get worried, wasn't I, that Ronnie was going to go off roving her own to the Rovers and getting back in Jenny's knickers again. Whenever I see Ronnie with his big, slopey, muscly shoulders, I just think in my head, when I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. I know, I know. Um, anyway, it was good at least that we got to see... I think that last scene with Ronnie and Debbie did a lot to 
make me somewhat invested in those two as a couple because they've been going out for like a year, hadn't they? We'd seen so little of them yeah. together. Well, it's just That's more nice. COVID restrictions, isn't it? Being lifted. Because mm. they wouldn't have bothered having Debbie and Ronnie kissing each other yeah. um, for that scene before. No. They'd have been sitting at the opposite side of the booth. Um, yeah, no, it was fine. I just love it that Debbie had a storyline. I love Debbie. It was great. Isn't Debbie wonderful, everybody? I want to see cool? it. I would watch Debbie trying to decide what meal deal she wants. I want a co-op. Debbie one-hander. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Um, that sounds rude. Gemma. Okay. Should we talk about the spider storyline? Yeah. Would you like me to do the synopsis for this as well? Yes, you would. Are you okay? I'm fine to do the synopsis. Yeah, I'm, I'm raring to go. Um, Toya on Monday is getting phone calls from Ed, who still wants her rent. Money, please. And Kelly comes in uh, to wherever she is. Um, and so, Oh, yeah. They're in the cafe, aren't they? And Kelly comes in and says, I've been asked to give evidence against you in your court case. Sorry about that. And Toya's like... Rude. What must be done must be done. So she's a bit of a, a bit of a downer at the beginning of the week, but then who should cheer up to put a smile right back on Hello her face? There, but Toya. Hello, it's, it's me. me. I'm out of prison now. I've been doing some protests. Yeah, it's Spider, who's not been in the show for a month after his grand return on the on the on the the first of July. I remember that because it was the day before my birthday. Now he's back again. He's been in all week. It's been brilliant. Spider well, needs to get himself down to the National Portrait Gallery and gloom himself to like. Uh, picture of the queen or something if he wants attention spider is a work of art where's his beautiful rainbow hat i think he's i think he's uh maybe they confiscated it on the prison yeah. <laughs> um anyway how you diddling toya me old chi me old china well i'm pretty skint actually says toya and also kelly's gonna be given evidence against me at the trial so that kind of sucks also i'm jolly lonely and every day's the same yeah. um it's sad she was there listening to her Listen to her music once she oh. listen to her po- probably listen to Conversation Street. You're right with the headphones. She's like, on. God, this is boring. It feels like I've listened to this episode ten times. That before. woman keeps saying how hot she is. I'm sick and tired of <laughs> hearing about it. Um. Anyway, I feel kind of bad for Toya, but I do as well. She's. I feel really bad for her because I do identify a little bit with her because we are both beautiful. <laughs> I'm <laughs> educated and like you need to go blonde like and, and people don't get us okay and um I feel like if if you died in, mm. a, in a horrible car accident that I might have done which I wouldn't roll it out <laughs> I'd feel lonely too she's only he's only just died like two months ago or whatever I know I mean it, when I see of... her I do I do think how would I feel if I was her and I think she's actually doing pretty well because I think I would be drunk in a bathtub so i mean she's dressed (laughs) i wouldn't be it's hard it's difficult isn't it because on the one hand as a viewer i'm thinking there are loads of people on the street that you could be friends with go and have a chat with maria go and have a share a bottle of wine with fizz go and have a chat with abby and go and give alfie a cuddle but then on the other hand i'm also thinking well no if your husband's dead it's perfectly normal natural reaction to want to lock yourself in and be a bit miserable Oh, yeah. really? She's going goth, and you, who can blame her? Yeah. So anyway, Spider says, don't worry, you got me now, nah, you're not alone. And also Leanne, isn't she great? So Le- Spider goes to see Leanne and, and tells her to come round and see Toya later, and so she does, and she says, how about you come and move in to Victoria Court with me? No. She says yes. 
She's why, moving out of Why flat. would you do this? Um, what, so you can wake up every morning and see Simon's beautiful face smiling at you, going, we haven't got any cereal, we've run out of milk. <laughs> um, Toya meets up with Spider in Victoria Gardens later and says, thanks very much for looking out for me. I am going to move out of my flat. It's time I moved on. I suppose she is unemployed. And, um, oh yes, that's why she she's going to just do a midnight flit, isn't she, and not tell Ed where she's going. <laughs> the problem is she's just across the road, so it's not, not going to be that <laughs> difficult to track down. Like, um, she's unemployed, she hasn't got any rent money, and she also can't... I don't know if... I, I would assume, because, because of the fact that Imran has opened up this... Um, bank account for Alfie yeah. makes me think they probably did also have life insurance because he seems like quite a a nice kind of guy but I also think he would <laughs> nice guys have life insurance <laughs> is that your dating advice <laughs> this is my no this is my advertising for life insurance <laughs> hey do you want to get the girl's pants just here, here's a certificate that's legal got in life general insurance. <laughs> um, the, I think that he might have updated his will and said that I'll forget some of it, but I also think that if you killed somebody, you don't get your hands on it automatically. I think that might be how it works, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean... That's how they stop you from murdering your spouse, isn't it? I know. So that's a loophole, Gemma, sorry say, to tell you. I know. <laughs> You've looked into this. No, I did. Right, so on Wednesday, Leanne goes up to Toya's flat and finds Spider there, who's up in a pack and everything. And he's got eight arms, so it's extra fast. <laughs> she says, look, Toya doesn't need you flitting in and out of her life. And he says, well, I'm here now for a bit because I've got a climate change protest on Friday's episode. Please Don't help worry, us, Spider. Please. Stop stop the climate from changing. <laughs> it's 31 degrees. You want it to change. You want it to change to be colder. No, it's hotter. It's, yeah, I, I know, but you want it to be colder. No, I don't want it. I want it to stop changing. Just be the same forever. Leanne says... Spider needs to educate us on what it is he really? wants. I've got no idea. Leanne says, look, Toya's going to go along to this protest and it's going to affect her trial, isn't it? And Spider's like, well, I can't control what she does. Maybe, maybe, maybe well, do not. Do you really... Th- I don't think that's going to happen. You're not allowed... First of all, you're not allowed to even mention other crimes that you committed that might have influenced the crime that you are on trial for. And I always use this example... But I went to go and see a trial of a whole family that was accused of murdering a man together. Parents and children murdered this man in his own house. And they weren't allowed to mention during the trial to the jury, and I know this because I was in the press box, that the reason they murdered him was because he was accused of being a paedophile and molesting the youngest daughter of the family. So if they can't even mention that, I'm sure they wouldn't say, during a trial about her running into a wall, that she was at a climate protest. (laughs) (laughs) Unless Pretty Patel gets her her way. And then everyone who's ever been to a protest automatically gets thrown into prison. I think Leanne's just kind of saying she needs to keep her head down and her nose clean. It's like, I was going to let you off, Miss Habib, but it says here that you don't like the environment being changed. And actually, I quite like it being 33 degrees, so down with you all. (laughs) Um, Toya pops out the bedroom. She's got some bin bags of Imran's clothes to take to the charity shop, but she can't go through with it. Spider finds her coming back from the the direction, presumably where this charity shop is later, and she's... um, she she couldn't she couldn't get rid of Slap them. Slap it on eBay, love. What and say as worn by Imran off Cory. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like one of the characters. For the purple shirt. You think you left it a bit too long though? You should have done it right at peak Imran. Yeah, yeah. Um, she can do it when the trial's on. 
Ah, oh, you might be back for a flash. This one's got a hole in it and blood around the edges. <laughs> um, then you have Kirk coming along and in making round death suit. Kirk comes along and makes 99. a very clumsy speech about how lonely he is when Beth's away. I hated that. And then Toya goes, "Oh yes, I'm mm. lonely too because my." And she's like, "Me and Kirk with." She's say. like, "When's Beth coming back?" And he's like, "Oh, she's not dead. She'll be back tomorrow." <laughs> and and Toya's like, "Ah." Oh. But Imran is dead, and he will never come back, and I'll be lonely forever. Yeah. Uh. Maybe Toya can be uh, Kirk's bit on the side when Beth's up, up visiting her relatives. Whoever she's visiting. Yeah. Adam. Um, if later, I was, if I what? was, if I was Toya, I would have just kicked Kirk in the balls and said, "There's the pain you feel. <laughs> I've um, manifested it physically instead of mentally for you, so you can have a bit of respite from your thoughts." <laughs> Um, Adam Pump comes along later and has a go at Toya when he sees her with Spider and Spider's like, oh, you're well, you're a, you're a nasty man in a suit. He was cosplaying as, um, what's his, uh, Patrick Bate from, is that, what's his name? What? Bateman. Well, no. From American Psycho. I don't know. <sighs> well, because he is a Swiss lawyer, isn't he? Uh, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and Adam says, I don't, I don't care about this. I'm rich and you're, you're... You're squalid. So, and then he kind of swaggers off and then that's the end of that. Anyway, back at home, Toya tells Spider that not everybody in a suit is a monster, you know. Imran wore a shirt and tie. Mm. <laughs> what about that? And Spider was suitably shamed <laughs> by his prejudice attitude towards shirt like, wearers. I never thought of that. <laughs> You're um, right. Maybe it is fine if it's 33 degrees. Hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so then, Toy. This is when Toya finds out about this savings account that Alfie, for Alfie, that Imran set up for him, and he's done it secretly. And um, Spider says, "I can, I can give you some time alone if you like." And she says, "Yes, please, bugger off." <sighs> I thought I was there. I'd be like, "How do I get my hands on this money?" No, Toya is honourable. She was really nice. She was way nicer than me. I'd be like, I need this money for my defence fund for murdering him. How can I get hold of it? Well, yeah, because she's she's doing some tidying on Friday's episode, isn't she? And she she gets she sees this letter again and is like, oh, I have also, honourable deeds that I, must be done. I do want to know, like, I know Imran's cool and he's a great guy and everything and he was loaded or whatever. He certainly wasn't spending it on rent, was he? So... How much money could he possibly have put into the savings account? I don't know how these things work. Well, it can't be that much money. It's not like he went, oh, I'll just bung it all in now, put hundred grand in there now, and then I won't, for- I won't think about it for the next 20 years. <laughs> it can't be that much. So if, if I was Toy, I'd be like, no one needs to know about this. <laughs> can I change my name to Elf? Also, oh, wouldn't you be in the slightest bit interested, like can I get this for myself because it was my husband like is it not half mine and I also am being turfed out of my house because I don't have any money this is where or am I just stealing from children yeah stealing from a small <laughs> child ch- yeah. but he doesn't need it this is Coronation Street he might not even live to be five I'm gonna take it <laughs> especially not under Abby's care yeah he'll be lucky if he he's gonna be on Australia birthday. next thing you know so she goes over to number 13 and gives it to Abby, who's pretty chuffed with this, as she would be getting another little windfall. And Abby says, you want to stay for a cup or a nice little cuddle with Alfie? But Toya can't. No, she doesn't want to let him into So Abby's looking a bit worried for her by the end of that scene. So she goes to the cafe and has a lovely bit of her sympathy from Roy. Nice. Toya and Roy scene. Lovely. More of that, thank you very much. Roy scene. 
his toy Roy is like, yeah, my my spouse is dead and all. I so remember when my um, person died. My person, I was Hayley. sad, and I remember smelling him all the time. Oh it's... yes, they talk about how much Haley and Imran smell, don't they? They really smell pungently, mm. and it unlocks memories. And she's like, yeah, he used to hog the toilet all the time. <laughs> Um, and then Shona shows Toya the Gazette online and Spider's got himself arrested again after doing this protest. So, um... Talking of brownfield sites. Yeah. <laughs> so what does Toya do? She goes stomping off to the police station and has a big old rant at the desk sergeant there. I love this. She was like, she's been watching socialist YouTube channels or something. Yeah. She, she remembers. She takes no you... prisoners, does Toya. And, um, and then by the end of it, she's like, oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Sorry, I didn't so mean to accuse you of upholding the patriarchal values of a society that is presiding over the burning planet <laughs> that we're all slowly dying on. When's he going to be let out? <laughs> a couple of hours. Okay, that's all right. right then. Can I sit and wait for it? <laughs> Don't him know why I was bothered to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, Toy Toy gets a visit from Spider later. She's back at home and um, he's been let off with a slap wrist and he's, he's quite why? chuffed. He's a serial botherer. He should be a serial <laughs> He botherer. is. He's like, look, you've been a right pain in the bum here. Can you stop gluing yourself today? Can you go and protest somewhere else in the country, please? Every, go back to London. Every single DIY shop he goes in, there's like a sign next to the counter that says, do not, do not sell this man glue. <laughs> um, anyway, so they start having a chat on the sofa and she's really grateful to have him there and he's kind of grateful for her oh, what? for coming and rescuing him from the police station. How grateful. i tell you how grateful. She goes in there for a kiss. No. And he doesn't pull away. It. I don't believe it because she loved Imran. She does a test kiss. And then what happens? And then she goes for a test snog and before long they're horizontal on the sofa. And then what happens? Well, we don't see them do the deed but we do get soap code for it which is next time they're in a scene she's doing a blouse up. And <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious me. Toya Doesn't take long, does it? What a madam. The bed is barely cold. I know. Well, that's probably why they didn't do it on the bed. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's still got a, still got a little crevasse. <laughs> it's got Imran's crevasse on. <laughs> they did it on the sofa. Grace. But I don't like. I think it's inappropriate. Very inappropriate. But I don't well, know. Well, because she said she'd, she's not even in love with them, she says. I know. She just did it for funsies. You can't do that for fun. What's she... next? <laughs> Sex for fun. No, I I'm don't understand. <laughs> well, Spider thinks it's all those Christmases like, have come at once. I don't care. That was brilliant. And the toy is <laughs> streaming with tears. And oh, I just feel so ashamed of myself. <laughs> I'll go off. Oh. So he, he goes off to the pub. Abby comes a knocking later and finds Toya scouring the kitchen. That's not a euphemism. No, that is that is her um, that's her penance, isn't it? That's what she does to punish herself for, for bonking Spider. She's going to scour the kitchen. And um, Abby says, fair play to you. Um, I don't well, think you she, were cheating on him. She tells him what dead. happens. Yeah, she doesn't does. Doesn't she? She's like, oh, good job you weren't here five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, because she doesn't seem to leave her flat door open for anybody well, also, to walk in. When you in. walk past, there's a bloody window there. <laughs> yeah, there is, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Abby, Abby probably did come ten minutes ago. She's like, oh, I'll come back. Okay. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, it, it, she says, oh, you wouldn't have cheated on Imran when he was alive, would you? So, so, it's, so it's fine. It's, not, it's, it's fine, basically. She's yeah. like, it's okay if you didn't like him. Toya says she just wanted to feel something, anything but blank. 
that explains that. I've been so lonely, been trying to make sense of things. Abby says, look, there's no sense in anything. If you want a bonk spider, you go for it, girl. You're I'm not... not taking advice from you, Abby. You're a mess. Um, so Spider um, goes to the pub, like I said. He has a nice catch-up chat with Sally and also Beth um, sticks her nose in, doesn't she, and starts talking about saving the planet or whatnot. And then Toya comes in and he's like, oh, well, I better go. I, you know, I, I know that I'm not wanted. And she says, oh, no, come back. Let's have a chat in the booth together. I don't want to lose you as a friend. And he says, there's no chance of that. And then Leanne comes in and's like, uh, what are you doing here, Mrs. Mr., I mean. Um, don't you fall for Spider Toya? He's a he's a scrot. He's a he's a he's the dregs of he's society. He's a dirty hippie. He is. He's a he's a protesting. All he cares about like. is the planet we live on. Yes, and that's all. He's a Maria. Great. And Toya says, "Well, you know what? He's a good distraction for the moment. He's a good man and everything." Can you imagine, um, it, uh, Toya? I mean. Maria and Spider, like, in a relationship, like, for, their foreplay one-upping each other about their plans to how they're going to save the planet. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go and, I'm going to go and uh, glue myself to Councillor so-and-so's car. Yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to blow it up. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to blow up Civic Centre. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going <laughs> to blow up the planet and then nobody can destroy it anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's to come. Um, because Spider is up to dodgy business, What's isn't he? he? Well, Toya said, he's a good man. And then we cut to Spider ducking out of the pub, what? round the corner, Doing what? on the phone to someone, Who? saying, oh, couldn't get away till now. I have my phone on silent. I've had a bit of a rough day. I'll tell you what, can't wait to get back. What? A rough day? He's up to something. A rough day? Yeah. What, she not been shaving or what? <laughs> What's the point? She's a widow. What's the point? She doesn't get anyone to impress anymore, she thinks. I anyway. thought he was a hippie anyway. What's his problem? What's Spider up to? I This is a good... Right, what is your theory? I don't know whether I have one at the moment because I've only just finished watching this and I haven't really had time to think of anything. So and this is a good twist. I was. It's a kind of a good twist, but it's also a bad twist because there was... This is, this is very similar to his first episode, wasn't it? Do you remember when he came back at the beginning of July? That's true. In the very end of the episode, he was on the phone to someone saying... The plan's on, or something. He said the yeah, plan's the plan, on. And it was just to do with some protest yeah, next week. Here's a question. And it turned out to be nothing. No, this... what? No, hang on, Michael. Mm. Was it, or was that a red herring? Was the protest and a red herring? And actually, whoever he was on the phone to, it's the same person he's on the phone to now. Maybe. And he, it, what's the plan? So the plan. I don't like the idea that like, spiders are we? Are we're and... supposed to think the plan is. He's had a tough day. He can't wait to get back. Did he mention a plan or I'm just making that up? No, he didn't today. He the just plan, said... The plan was on at the beginning when he came back. Is like, are we supposed to think he's on this like long-term seduction technique to to win Toya over? But then why? I don't know. Is he secretly working for Sarah or something? Oh, I yeah. Imran's mum. Yeah. To get evidence to prove that she killed him. Oh, but I don't like the idea of it because Spider is as honest as the day is long. He's a really nice, Yeah, but what if Sarah said chap. to him, um, if you do this for me, I'll give you lots of money to save the planet. And he'd be like, oh, I can't say no. I will, I will not drive my car ever again if you Yeah, can. I will get an electric car. I don't know. I, I don't want to think about it because I hate the idea that Spider is, is dodgy and is trying to, um, you know, trying to... 
get Toya. He definitely said something. So they were talking about having kids, weren't they, in the in the pub? And he said he didn't have any kids. He said he didn't have any kids. I still he still got this theory that Elsie is actually Spider's secret daughter. It seems slightly less plausible now as a theory. Yeah, but he wouldn't come out and say something in a pub, like just on just because somebody asked him out, right? If he was trying to keep the secret. Undercover. So he's 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 had a tough day. Can't I do it back? It well, just, yeah, it just seems like... like he's got a girlfriend already, doesn't it? Like, he's got a girlfriend somewhere. Maybe he does. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe he's got... Maybe it's Log. Do you remember Log Thwaite? Oh, yeah. Back from the day. Back in the day. And... But is... But is he at... That could be okay. Because he could have a girlfriend, and then he realises that, that Toya is actually the one Yeah, but he's shagged around him. with Toya now, and she won't forgive him for that. Uh, maybe he is working for the man. Maybe he's an undercover agent provocateur. What's that? Where it's an underwear brand. Mm, that's, all, that's all I know. <laughs> but it's also um, somebody that goes in and stirs up trouble in like a group. Mm. Where you go in, so there's a riot or something. And um, you go in and you're like, let's kill all the pigs. And then you like push over a barrel. And then everyone goes, yes, let's do that. And so then you've stirred okay, them up. Okay, maybe. Or, I mean, I'm just kind of clinging on to the fact that when he finished his phone call at the end of today's episode, he, he kind sad. of he looked sad about it. He was like, le- leant his head back against the wall and was like, oh, what am I doing? Maybe he's not really a vegan. Maybe. Um, so... Maybe he works I'm th- at I'm McDonald's. Ho- I'm hoping that he's going to have a change of heart and realise that he and Toya. Yeah, but a change of heart to what though? Because you're not you're not committing. Yourself. I don't. I don't have any theories about this. I don't know, unless I mean it just seems like it's going to be something related to the trial, but I don't know how it could be. You've got more, but be- you've got better theories than I do. I don't have anything because mine's just like he's got a secret girlfriend. I think he might do. I don't know. The other thing about the end of tonight's episode: Did anybody else think that? Um, the, the final, final scene of the episode where he goes walking across Rosamond Street lasted too long. Because <laughs> mm. he kind of gets up from the wall and then there's a really wide shot, isn't there, of the street and he's just walking, 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 walking. Unfortunately, walking, when walking, they do walking, things walking, like walking, that, and then it, was the credits. it just kind of makes you think, oh, where's he going? Oh, it's significant. They're showing this for too long. It must be something, there must be a clue. He's going to go and buy a bunch of flowers and traces. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think about the bonking, Gemma? Un- Did you know that was going to happen? Unacceptable. I had seen... I hadn't seen I anything. had seen a spoiler picture of them kissing. But I didn't know whether it was... I didn't know it was going to go any further than that. Is she going to get pregnant? Maybe. Oh! No, she can't get pregnant. No. That would be a bit coincidence, wouldn't it? It would be unfair. It would be unfair... For men, women who have fertility problems to have this. But equally, we all have heard stories, we even know people this has happened to, where they had fertility problems and then they were like, ah, sod it. Don't worry about it then. And then it's like, baby time for you. Mm, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was meant to be. Um, I just... Do, uh... I, I kind of... This is a this is a Fizz Tyrone Phil's kind of situation for the thing, me. Can I just but, say, the thing is about Toya's fertility issues that we do not actually know what it is. And I just want to point out also to you that my mum was told that she could not have children. I know. And here I and am. here you are. So there you go. Yes. It depends on what the doctor Miracle said. It's child. like, I've just looked up there and, you know, there's 
wouldn't say there's no room at the end. I say there's no win at all. So <laughs> you can't, you know, or is it something else? Okay, yeah, I can't remember. You know what I mean? No, I don't think we know, which is fair enough because she is fictional. I don't need to know her medical history too much. Mm. Um, I, I, I was just saying that I like the idea of Toya and Spider back together. It kind of, it ticks all the right nostalgic boxes for me, which is why I'm a bit sad that, that he's maybe a bit dodgy. But it did feel a little bit too soon. But then who am I to say? But if, if, I, if, if, I, if, I was, if I was in this position, if I was in Imran's position, which is dead. dead Horizontal. And then I found Six out... Six feet under. Let's say that I just dropped dead now. Don't do that. If I was thinking that you were going to be having a, you know, a Halloween Halloween bonk with with an ex, oh. I don't think I'd be too happy with this. But I don't what? think that I don't think that Imran would be happy knowing that Toya's doing this. And her, if no. her only excuse is, oh, "I'm feeling a bit lonely," that's not a very good excuse. There, there are other ways. That was that was actually brought up, wasn't it? Toya was saying that people were saying, "I'll oh, get a friend, get, a, get dog, a dog, get, get a whatever." But... You can't shag a dog though. It's not um, legal. Um, so this Halloween bunk up I'm having, what yeah. if the person was dressed up as you in a like really bad taste tribute to people that have died this year? Would no. that be acceptable? Okay, all right. No, I'm just asking. I'm just at checking. Not acceptable at oh, all. Okay, I'm just going to have to... It was very sad. Cross that out. Cross, cross him out. Yeah, cross him out your diary. Um, I, I liked how when they were led back on the sofa or led forward on the sofa and then the camera panned across to Elsie's drawing of um, her mummy and daddy sad <laughs> the little innocent child's drawing what would Elsie say she'd be very disappointed mm. she'd also say oh no it looks like that man's hurting mummy what's he doing <laughs> stop stop and then you'd have to explain so many things yeah um, are we uh, I wonder who's going to move into the flat next uh, anyone Faye else need dinner Craig well, they, where are they living at the moment I can't remember I've drawn on the I know chair. Gemma's just Gemma's when she was just crossing out her Halloween bunk update <laughs> I scribbled really so hard. hard on the paper I that was now mad. I've got I a biro to... mark on the chair underneath. Well out. done, Gemma. And I was furious because that was look, my plan. Doesn't look like that's coming out. We'll I'm always remember. Just remember what <laughs> that just means. Just lick your finger and give it a rub. That's right. Well, that's how you get out of it. <laughs> um, um, what you, uh, I'm a bit sad that Toya has to move out of that place. I don't need her living with Leanne. I don't understand why she's moving in with Leanne unless it's like, well, we, we should... I guess from a script perspective she there's only so many times she can sit alone in her flat and somebody comes in and says are you sad and she says yes and then spider comes in you know they she's going to be able to have more conversations with people in a natural setting if she goes and lives with Anne. but unfortunately i cannot really see her having you know casual chats with nick and simon over and marmalade on toast <laughs> yeah i know uh, and, and you know she's she's a grown woman. She's she's forty now. Um, she, she doesn't, doesn't need, need to be living with her sister. And if she's if she's selling up, and then how long, is this going well, to be a temporary? She's thing? not selling up. Okay, no, it's not rented. Selling, if she like, if it just feels like she's going to regret it. I wonder whether she's going to. Um, I wonder whether they're moving her out so that she can move in with somebody when she inevitably. Shacks up well, with somebody. Spider maybe has got a little tunnel for her to crawl into. <laughs> a little nest. Find out. I know I quite enjoyed that story this week. I was happy that that got going. Lawrence, I love you. Sean's yeah. storyline. 
So, remember last week we had Lawrence the lovely dentist at the pub? Sean's pining over him on Monday's episode and he's been trying to track him down online so we can go for a date together, but to no avail. Everybody around the country understands this. Are you trying to find an NHS dentist these days? It's impossible. Impossible, impossible. But Glenda vows to help find him um, and she, she says, come into the pub at lunchtime and we will try and track him down. So they go and have a, they have a lunch date together. I don't want to disparage you, Linda, mm. but I am going to suggest here something that might that might um, cast her in a bad light if you're a long-term Conversation Street listener. What's that? I reckon back in the day, she would have been a massive carnivore. You, oh, yeah, I reckon. She would have been tweeting at us and telling us that we were disrespecting because we made fun of how much... Kate and Ryder cried. <laughs> well, she don't you think she made a comment this week about her having no love life, but she can live vicariously through a pair of gays or something like that. She did said. feel a bit a bit flippant, but mm. who am I to say? Anyway, um, Glenda tells Sean at lunchtime that she thinks she's found this dentist. Hooray! He's going to give him a call. Um, so. Well, Glenda tells Sean that she's managed to wangle him an emergency dental appointment with Lawrence on Wednesday. Just to say, the last time Sean wrangled an emergency appointment so that he could get in with the professional that was offering their services, mm. he took a cat that wasn't his that got put down. <laughs> yeah, Betty's so cat. I don't know what he's expecting out of this. I think if he'd gone to this appointment, he'd have had all his teeth pulled yeah. out. <laughs> anyway, George says this is sounds like a bit of a silly plan. Why don't you just ring this fella and ask him for a date? And like, nope, Sean's going ahead with this crazy plan and Glenda's coming with him. But it turns out that Lawrence doesn't work there anymore. Um, and Sean says, oh, this is just a sign that it wasn't meant to be. But Glenda isn't giving up that easily. So on Wednesday's episode, we've got Mary who's now been roped into help finding this dentist. Sean and Todd think it's a massive waste of time. And um, this is when Mary suggests that they go to the practice and uh, pretend to be Lawrence's long lost sister. Um, and so she and Glenda head off to do this crackpot scheme. Handily, though, Lawrence turns up at The Undertaker's to see Sean because he was quite taken by him last week and he gets into a conversation with George about shoes, but we all know that shoes means Sean. And George says, well, if you go to the bistro at six o'clock, the shoes may well be there as well. So, Mary and Glenda... I'm so confused about this because I have actually chased a woman through Brighton to find out where her umbrella was from. And if she took that to mean that I wanted to date her and set up a meeting in a pub... It was Brighton. We would have both been disappointed. <laughs> Mary and Glenda come home later, having had no success at the dentist. But George comes in and tells them about what happened with Lawrence at the Undertaker's. Hooray! He and Sean can have a date together. So Lawrence turns up at the bistro. Debbie's all ready for him. Meanwhile, Sean is all dressed up nicely in his nice what is it, like, lilac suit or something. But he's all nervous and he wants to bottle it. Mm-hmm. So... Linda, Eileen, Mary and George don't know what to do. They need to try and get Sean out to the bistro, but he's locked himself in his room. Eileen's all for calling it off, but Glenda's like, no. This is where she says, I'm going to live my love life vicariously through a pair of gay men. So she and Mary go off to try and persuade George again. Not George again, Sean again. George, meanwhile, goes off to the bistro to try and you know uh, buy, buy a bit of time um, so that Lawrence doesn't uh, disappear off. And he kind of... Um, they, they have a sit down for a bit and, and tells him all about Sean's unsuccessful love life. Sean is um, back at home saying, oh, I don't want Dylan to have an unsettled home life. 
Um, this is why I don't want to go through with this date. I, I need my son who... And Eileen points out, look, Dylan doesn't even live here, but Sean's just coming up with excuses at this point. Dylan comes back from footy practice and says, I'm going off to the precinct with my mates anyway, Dad. I don't care who you go off with a date with. So Sean goes off to the bistro. They have a lovely date. It's all going well. Mary and Glenda have a case of the screaming abdabs when they hear about how wonderful the date's going. They're very excited about it. But Todd just rolls his eyes um, and says, I think that Sean has just thrown himself the first person who's come along after Frank. And that was the end of that. I can't believe Frank's completely out of the picture. I was saying when he left, like, oh, this can't be the end. It's not narratively satisfying at all. But... It is a bit odd. Because he, he was kind of built up, in my head, to be a bit of a bigger character. But he might come back. What did you think of Glenda week two? After we had lots of good stuff to say about her on her debut. She definitely felt like she'd been there for a long time. I didn't feel like I was watching a new character. No. She, I mean... Uh, she, she, she was very, very over the top, and this is my first episode last week, wasn't she? Whereas in this, she was still fun. I still really enjoyed her. I wasn't watching her kind of every single moment, going, "Oh, we are so blessed to have Glenda in the program." She was just kind of fun, um, and I think that if she did stay quite as kind of hyper and um, out there as she was in her first episode, she could get very grating, very fast for some people. And I think that they managed to um, find a nice balance with her on on uh, this week's episodes. And I was thinking, like, they've, are they pairing her off with Sean? Are they going to be a double act there? Or are they pairing her off with Mary? Is that going to be a double act? I don't know. Um, like, I, she, if people really, really like Glenda, which they do, a lot of people seem really kind of like they're into her, maybe that could help improve certain viewers' opinions of Sean, who is not as popular a character. I, don't I think know. that they've nestled her in with a very... Uh, a good collection of characters that really fit in with her, and I feel like they're all going to spark off of each other really well. I'm, I have high hopes now for Eileen, George, Sean, Glenda, Mary. I'm still... I'm always a bit wary about Mary. Um... And, you know, because she, she can be too over the top. And I, I worry that if she gets paired up with Mary, I, there's just potential for it to get a bit too silly. But I, I like I like her being Sean's friend. The thing is about Mary is that she needs a straight man f- to play against. Like, yeah, like Norris. Mother said that blah de da 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 And I can just imagine Glenda going, yeah, my mum said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um... The other thing that I kind of picked up on is... Did we talk about this last week on the podcast? I don't remember. Like, does Todd fancy Sean? It did feel like he had his nose put out with Join, didn't, didn't it? All the way through this, he was saying, oh, no, that's silly. They don't want to get together. Oh, he, he just is throwing himself at the first man. It feels like maybe Sean maybe is going to kindling. be... Yeah, he's, Todd's going to come on to him or something. I don't know. I don't like the idea. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind... Because it, it, are they just? I, I, I'm not expecting um, Lawrence, the dentist, to to stick around on the show. He's he feels to me like he's just going to be in the next dinner, in this little mini string of guys that Sean's dating. But maybe the the end point here is Sean and Todd together. Mm. I honestly wouldn't mind that. I think they might make a nice couple. Reed in the red neck. So Stephen Reed, another dodgy character. So. Um, 
weird underwater kind of scene. It felt underwater at the beginning of this uh, story with on Wednesday with Audrey. She's sitting in the cafe and everything's a bit like because she's she's having thoughts. She's having thoughts. Yeah, I think thing. And then Shona snaps her out of it, and um, and she's sitting with there with Stephen, and and then she just says, "Oh, I've got to be somewhere. I've got to go and dash off. Only to an appointment with Doctor Gaddas. Hooray!" And um, she's trying to persuade Gaddas that she just made a mistake with her sleeping pills the other week. Remember that, everybody. Well, she's sticking to her story. Yes, and Gaddas thinks that Audrey looks nervous, and Audrey's like, "Well, yeah, of course. I'm the doctor's been, you know, I've been stupid with my sleeping being pills, being interrogated. Of course, I'm nervous." And Gaddas says that maybe you can talk to some professional about your your problems. And Audrey's like, no, I don't really want to. She's like, no, you need to talk to a professional. If you're having trouble counting, we can teach you. One, two, <laughs> come on with me, three, four. Um, and then she maybe then she projects um, suggests fair, an antidepressant. When it comes to medication, you probably only need to be able to count to two. Once you get further than that, you, you're, you're probably doing too many. Doing too many. Yeah. Um, Adam spies Audrey leaving the medical centre to go into the pub and confronts her She's about running. her later, and she says, "Oh, I was just picking up a prescription for my feet." It was fine. Gangrene. Don't worry about it. And I wasn't going to the pub for a massive booze up either. Friday's episodes is when it all kind of turns into dodgy Stephen because him and Rita decide that they're going to get together to sort out how they can get Audrey out of this funk that she's in at the moment. So let's all have a get-together this lunchtime, a pre-get-together get-together with Roy and Ken. Let's all have a gang together and decide what we can do to put a smile on Audrey's face. If I was super depressed and I felt lonely... the And I walked into the bistro and all my friends were having a lunch without me and boozing up that would be the most depressing thing I could ever possibly say <laughs> yeah and the amount of um, handy coincidences that happen on this show it's not they should know. not out of um, the if realms any... of possibility for Audrey to have blundered into that yeah and I mean it is, it, it, they would have walked in too at the point where one of them was saying something like I wish Audrey would just snap out of it or something like she's yeah. got so many things to be grateful for yeah or we need to keep this a secret from Audrey yeah Audrey can never find out what we talked find about today. Find out what? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Anyway, they they have their gathering can we borrow your at the bistro. Um, Debbie jumps in and says, "Oh, you got to do on Monday. Are you looking for a place for it? I recommend Chariot Square." Would you and like a tiny sandwich? She kind of she kind of makes a bit of a it's song and a dance about getting a card. Somebody's card number says, so she can take a deposit. If you want to come to my afternoon tea, you got to put your card down for a deposit. Anyone's booked a, if, here's my here's my tip. If you book afternoon tea, they don't want a deposit. Don't go because they're probably going to just open a bag of crisps. <laughs> um, Stephen decides that he's got to be somewhere. He says he's got to go and have a transatlantic call, but I don't well, hang believe on, Rita's him. getting annoyed. Rita gets annoyed about having to put her card number down. So Debbie just takes Stephen's phone number and says, I'm going to ring you up later and you can tell me your credit card number then. So um, we then see Stephen later. I like, the the way, what? I like the way Roy and uh, Ken were very quiet. Roy wasn't quite. He wouldn't shut up about no, but they the weren't origins like, of... Um... Here's my card. They were like, oh, I don't know, I'm not paying for it. What was Roy talking about? Your name will be mud or something? The origin of the of the phrase, your name will be mud, was apparently based on the, the, the doctor mud. who treated Abraham Lincoln after his head got blown off in a theatre and wasn't very successful. So everyone was like, this, this surgeon's rubbish. 
Well, I didn't know whether it was whether Steve and actually had some dodgy business to get to, otherwise, or whether we just couldn't stand to be in the same room. But it was looking at his phone going, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't listen to this crap anymore. I've got to go <laughs> to make a phone call to Canada to get to get them to beam me up." But no, he's on the phone to the bank later, saying he wants to extend his overdraft, um, and then he. He's in the cafe later. He says to Shona, "Well, oh, I've got to get rid of some of these coins. Like he's going to make a mad dash back to uh, back to Milan or something. I don't know." But then Chariot Square phones him and he and he tries to give him his credit card number, but um, but the number doesn't work. The card's no. been declined. What? Ooh, somebody else in the red. Uh. So um, he's he's getting mad on the phone later, and then he overhears Elaine and Yasmin talking about this charity raffle that we were saying about earlier, and he says, "Hey, I can sponsor a prize." And they think he's wonderful. Um, well, he's a liar. Yeah, what's he, do, what's he up to there? Well, I don't have any money. I don't go around giving people, offering people money and saying I'm rich. It, it feels In like... Fact, I go on and on about how poor I am so people take pity on me and buy me sandwiches. And even if they're a bit dirty, I don't mind. It feels like he's just kind of getting his foot in the door in this charity <laughs> thing so he can, um, he can just rob them blind. He's going to take the, the top prize... Which is a blind date with Elaine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, at the end of the episode, he, he phones a hotel later, and um, star of the week Nisha, at the uh, behind the bar at the bistro, takes his card payment, and this time it works. But it's not his card. It is Mrs. Gabrielle Reed. Who is that? She's like, "What's the name of the card, please?" He says, "It's Mrs. Gabrielle Reed," and she says. Are you the card holder, sir? It's like yes. yes. What you would do about it? <laughs> okay, just checking. Um, what's going on there? Who's Gabrielle? Wife. It's got to be wife, otherwise it's boring. But it's also predictable, so maybe it's his. It can't be his sister. No. Is it? It can't be his well, mum. It, it could be a sister who didn't change her name when she got married. No, he doesn't get another sister, has he? Well, Audrey is Gail actually half- Gabrielle Reed. <laughs> maybe she's got a secret life in Canada. Maybe no, maybe she lives in Thailand. Maybe. That's why she keeps going back. She's got like a crime empire over she's there. Gabrielle Reed. Yeah. She gets the off the plane Lord. and she's like wearing a wearing a silk scarf and sunglasses and then she gets to a, like a limousine pulls up and she gets in and inside's the king of Thailand. It's like, "Ah, oh, Miss Reed, you've come back." It can only be a secret wife, and we know what this family's like with a secret wife. Remember Nick and his Elsie yeah. went off and got married to somebody. Well, maybe maybe he's got secret children, and they're all really... Um, maybe they need lots of ski boots Mate, so and hockey sticks. I, I just find it unusual that the rest of the family wouldn't know that he got married because surely he didn't get married to someone and then keep it quiet just so that he could in the many years down the line secretly use her credit card number maybe he doesn't like her maybe she's an annoying cow can you open up a credit card and say oh yeah i'm married she's just not here at the moment but i'm definitely married can you i've heard of people taking out cards in people's names who don't know that they've got their card taken out I don't know how easy that is to do in, in the UK, but that's irrelevant to this because it's been done in Canada. Mm. He, or, or, or Italy, he mm. he clearly... Um, Gabriel could be Italian, couldn't it? Yes. He clearly um, isn't, you know, still madly in love with this person at home because he was sniffing around Jasmine and Elaine recently, Yeah, but maybe he's he? just thirsty. Do you reckon? Mm. Wants a bit of English... 
Love her. Well, why wouldn't you? We're all smoking hot here. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's proper dodgy now, which we were kind of suspecting when he got very mad at Kevin Can the I other just week. say something, though? Yes. If it's if it's well dodgy to use your spouse's card to buy afternoon teas, call me guilty. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely bought some afternoon teas you don't remember. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It was, it was a nice twist. I didn't see it coming. I know, but it wasn't... It, it was a twist, yes, but it's also like, oh, he, this is the old secret wife thing this is almost exactly what happened with nick like you said except it was a phone call from somebody who had a secret name on it but 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 is is mrs gabrielle reed dead that's what i'm wondering i just think it's unfortunate for coronation street that you can't have a credit card with just question marks on the instead of a name because they would love that wouldn't they yeah like, this is so convenient for us for plot purposes <laughs> so i'm wondering like is he going to be up to dodgy business with this charity raffle? Is he going to do a runner with all the money? I feel kind of bad that of the character of Stephen has been thrown under the How bus. How much money can you really raise for a charity raffle? I don't know. Not enough for you to be able to sort of cover your whatever nefarious debts and deeds. I bet you can even scrape together enough well, He's money used to a very um, to an high leave. standard of living, isn't he? Because he's been a rich git for all these years. They're not going to raise that much. I'm, I mean, I know that when they had the, the casino night at the bistro, they ended up with more than £5,000 somehow. Mm. But this is... Um... I wonder as well whether he's going to gonna try and get his... Um, try and, and diddle um, Elaine as well. What, financially or romantically? Well, he... B- both. <laughs> like, he was he was very showing a great interest in Yasmin the other week. Um, is he just trying to latch on to any woman that he can over here? Trying so to that get he can some dirty widows. Some... Yeah. What about Toya? Oh, yeah, maybe. Watch out, Toya. Stephen's going to be on to you. Okay. Well, I don't... Um, okay, I don't really care. Speak... You're losing your energy again. I can barely keep my eyes open. Speaking of Canada, Leo's not going. No. So Jenny on Monday's episode says to Leo, look. Their losses are again. I was angry that you accepted the job before you even brought it up to me. This is my home, my business. You can't just expect me to disappear off to Canada at the drop of a hat, can you? She's like, what even soaps are there in Canada? Exactly, who knows? Am I transferring to another team? <laughs> he says, this could be a great opportunity, um, but I'm going to get out your hair so you can have a think about it. So Daisy arrives in the pub later and Jenny gets all, uh, fills her in on um, the Canada conundrum. Daisy thinks it's a good sign that Leo's mad about her. Daisy's just um, like thinking, well, she, she, she admits it to somebody later, doesn't she? That maybe if... Um, if Jenny's out of the picture, then I could be the new Rover's return landlady. So she's mm. all for Jenny upping sticks and buggering off to the other side of the Atlantic. Um, and she, oh yes, it's Daniel that she tells that uh, to later. But unfortunately for her, Jenny overhears these plans and Oops. says, no way are you looking after this when I go to Canada. If you think you're taking over for it, you'd be a rubbish landlady anyway. You just... Jump into my grave as quick. So Leo later on asks Jenny how she's feeling about things now. She's really not sure there's going to be a big upheaval. Aren't things all right the way they are now? And Leo 
the honourable chap that he is. Don't says, do it, Leo. Fine, then I'll turn down the job. No. And Jenny's touched, but says, no, you can't give up your job for me. You've he, always wanted to go says, to Canada. But Jenny, you're more important to me oh. than a job in Canada. I love you. Oh. And Jenny says, oh, I love you too. Oh, I was fuming about this. I thought this would be our chance to see Leo disappear off and he's bloody well staying. So she goes and says sorry for Daisy for jumping down her throat earlier and um, and she's dead excited about Leo staying and, and Daniel says, well, that sounded like quite a good job opportunity for me actually. Um, but it's too late because Leo comes into the bar and says I've turned the job down. So I'm staying. How oh. disappointed are you, Gemma? Oh, yeah, bad. It's bad. Bad, it? disappointed. Unless he doesn't. I mean, this was only, this was just Monday, wasn't it? We didn't get to see any of the story on Wednesday or Friday. Has he actually turned the job down? I think, didn't you say to me earlier that maybe he's, um, he's actually still got Double the job bluff. and he's really hoping that he's going to... He's going to guilt trip her. Yeah. And she'll be like, say, I thought about it a bit more. And say, oh, I wish you hadn't turned the job down. And they'll say, well, you know what? Actually, I haven't. And she'll say, but you lied to me. You can go off to Canada and I'm staying here. She'll say, oh, you know, I wasn't keen on going to Canada. But did you know, have you been to that Tim Hortons up the road? That's really, <laughs> I didn't, that's really good, isn't it? That vanilla thing. We could go there and have Timbits. <laughs> Is that what they eat all the time? I'm going. Um, yes, this, this was sad times. Um, I didn't like when he said he loved her because it felt like... Well, you're very, um, I'm, evil. I'm so anti-Jenny and Leo. I couldn't be more anti them. I'm um, going to clip that so it says you said, it sounds like you said anti-Jenny. I'm going to no. send it to Sal and then she'll never speak to you well, again. She's, well, she's listened to the whole thing. She knows what I'm saying. She knows what the context anyway, is. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that storyline anymore because it made me mad. Oh, so I'm going to talk about shit, Faye. But uh, yeah, he's not staying in the show, is he? I just know. I just I'm convinced he's leaving, and this is his leaving storyline. And I don't know why. I don't know why I think that because nobody said anything. No, I. But as soon as somebody who's a sort of semi manly character goes, oh, I'm thinking of leaving. I'm like, well, here's your bag. See you later. Bye bye. I I yeah. I have to admit that as as much as this is annoying me, I'm still. You know, thinking he's probably going to be off to Canada yeah. in the next few weeks or months. Fingers crossed. <laughs> right, Faye, um, she's still going through the menopause <sighs> and everything. And Craig is getting very obsessed about it because he's got OCD. Although they didn't mention that. He today. hasn't got it anymore. He's over it. He's he's been reading up all about the healthy things that Faye should be eating so that she um, so it isn't so bad for her. And I think she's kind of thinking that he's getting a bit too involved and a bit uh, and kind of. Sucking all the fun out of life by making her eat vegetables all the time. I don't think you can suck the fun out of menopause <laughs> with salads. You can't suck the fun out of Faye and Craig's life because they have none. No, exactly She, my she wants to go to the Big Rovers um, for lunch, doesn't she, with Sally and that lot. And um, he's like, here is a, here is a tub of, of vegetables for you to eat. Thanks, Craig. That's really helpful. No, thank you. And he's got a chart of all the healthy foods that she can eat when he goes to speed dial and with her later. And he suggests she has chickpeas. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he, he's just been a bit of a uh, killjoy about the whole thing, isn't he? Michael, you keep saying, like, killjoy and sucking the fun out of it. This is traumatic for Faye. There is no fun. It's not a party. She's not enjoying herself. <laughs> menopause party. No, you can't suck the fun out of it because it's horrible. 
No, but he's just like... He's basically controlling the situation because he's removed from it and he feels like he he doesn't he can't help her except for to do all these things and the 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 fact of the matter is basically it's like sticking your thumb on the Hoover Dam and saying I'm helping like you're not doing anything it's very nice of you to try but you're just kind of making it seem like you are taking charge of the situation and it's none of your business. She doesn't, maybe she doesn't want to eat bloody chickpeas. Maybe, maybe she, she wants, just to, wants to, to eat have chips. A nice pie and chips. Maybe and she wants to I'm eat saying. chips and have a hot flush. Yeah, so I'm not saying that he's trying to take all the fun out of it, but he, he's you are, denying you, you her. You literally have said that. I know. He's denying her any kind of pleasure in her life at the moment. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't, I don't know that much about it, but I do know that you can't just look at a food chart and go, well, I don't know what women have been complaining about for the last 2,000 years. This is very simple. You just eat chickpeas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, that's it. We ma- we made it, Jen. We made it to the end of Street Tour this week. It's still two hour long. I don't know how we managed to keep going, rabbiting on for that long. It was an okay week, wasn't it? It was fun. I, I, I enjoyed today's episode more than the others. There were some good characters this week that I enjoyed. I love Toya. love Debbie. Love Jenny. I love Spider. Don't make him too evil. Uh, Stu and Yasmin, interesting. We finally got to the bottom of what is going on with Stu. Uh, But did we? Did we? Well, that's the thing. The story that he's saying, is that actually true? Well, if you are a true crime person like I am, I think that false confessions have very much been in the kind of the news and the documentaries and stuff. Some very high profile cases where people have said after very lengthy interrogations, yes, it was me, I did do it. And it turns out that you could argue that they didn't do it. And, you know, the jury's out, literally. Well, not literally, because <laughs> they got found guilty. But um, it is difficult to say. Yeah. You know, on the face of it, if you're if you're coming at this from a that kind of angle, you'd say, oh, yes, obviously, if this is a story about somebody who says they didn't do it, but they confessed, clearly it was a miscarriage of justice and... You know, who hasn't been tempted by dirty sandwiches? <laughs> it, it just feels like um, in a couple of weeks' time we'll, we'll find out something that he's been withholding about uh, the whole thing. Like he didn't like her and she was annoying. Yeah, I think like that. Maybe what she had a funny voice. It, Gemma? What are you scoring? Maybe she was like, Stu, don't do it! I don't understand why you're so mad at me! What are you scoring this week's Coronation Street out of five? Stu, table five says they Give haven't had their bangers and mash five. yet. Five? Are you saying five? What's your number? What's your score? Three. Three what? Flossed Watsits. Three Flossed Watsits out of five. I am going to give this week's Coronation Street... I think I'm going to say three as well. Yeah. I think it was okay. I'm going to give it three broadly Christian spiders. I really like this. Five. It's like where did that even come from? I know that I know that Toya said it at the at the. It was um, about his Christian name being Jeffrey, get... wasn't it? Yeah, it was like okay. You making an assumption he's Christian? Are you? Why Christian? Exactly. So broadly, broadly Christian spiders. Is Somewhere. Auntie Emily's watching and in, in smiling and nodding. Exactly. Well, Auntie Em did get a mention today, didn't they? So she's still clearly alive and kicking. Otherwise, Spider maybe would have brought her yeah. up. Um, is that who was That's on the true. phone to at the end of the episode? Our plan's working. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to ingratiate myself and then I'll send for you and we can both be back in the show again. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a character of the week this week? It can't be Toya because she's too much of shagging about. 
Yeah, I think we'd, I really, we'd be disrespecting him around Tamara if we voted Toy as our character of the week. Also, that I really liked the seeds. Well, that's a good yawn. Sorry. Between um, Abby and Toya, where they were talking, I really liked those scenes. I thought Me they were too. very good. I enjoyed those scenes to watch them. Um, I think I'm going to go for Debbie because she's so camp and uh, stupid. <laughs> I love her so much. Um, I love her hearing earrings. She can't do any wrong. I know that this story was silly. There are a lot of silly storylines this week. <laughs> Debbie's just desperately trying to get out of any of the uh, the fallout landing on her, isn't she? On there, she's just like, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. But she's just a lot of fun. Um, I think I might do the same. I, I, I might. Do, I mean, I was close to saying Spider, but then he turns out that he's um he's up to no good. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for Debbie as my character of the week as well this week. Jolly good show, Debbie and Sue Devaney. Yep. And that's it. Um. So let's move on. And do a little bit of news. Time for the cabin. And there is not much news this week. But we do have the shortlist for the TV Choice Awards. So if you want to get your vote in for that. You have got until midnight on Friday the 19th of August. That is this time next week. By the time we're recording this. And if you go to tvchoicemagazine.co.uk. You can cast your vote. And you then have to wait for many, many months. To find out who the winner is. Now... There are three categories that are worth voting in when it comes to all things soap. You can vote for Best Soap. And we have got um, Coronation Street versus EastEnders versus Emmerdale versus Neighbours. Oh, yeah. Mm. No Hollyoaks in there this year. Neighbours is going to win. Do you reckon? Do you reckon they might get the sympathy vote? I'm just saying. I don't know how well the other soaps are. Eurovision's on Condos all over again. Yeah, but it's Emmerdale's 50th anniversary this year, isn't it? And I know that they're ramping up for the big 50th thing. I don't want to do any Emmerdale spoilers here, but we've heard... Don't. You get in trouble. I know, I'm not going to say that Emmerdale have now announced what the big thing is going to be for their um, their anniversary, which I think is Super Soap Week. I think that's always yeah. Emmerdale's birthday, isn't it? I couldn't believe it. Yoga disaster. <laughs> I heard what Emmerdale was doing and I thought... Why haven't really? Why haven't Cory done a yoga disaster yet? <laughs> but anyway, but it doesn't make it doesn't matter anyway because the votes for for this are going to be closed by the end of next week. So um, it maybe it isn't. Although Move it on. sounds like Emmerdale's been doing quite well. So maybe, but yeah, neighbours cancelled. I don't know. Best soap actor. So we have got Alan Halsall is being our representative for Cory this uh, this year. Not Charlie DeMello. I will yet again be, be very dismayed Rude. and affronted by the fact that Charlie didn't get a nomination for this. Even on the... I don't even think he was on the long list well, for this one, was he? Alan Halsall I don't remember, maybe he was. is great. Love Tyrone. You do know what you're talking about. You hate Tyrone. But Alan Halsall is a solid actor. I think he's a lot of fun to watch. Tell you who he's going up against, Gemma. Danny Dyer. I thought he was dead. He's still bloody in it. He hasn't left yet. So Danny Dyer is in uh, is going up against this. Also Max Bowden, Bowden, I don't know, plays Ben in EastEnders. Plus there's Mark Charnock in Emmerdale. And everybody thinks that he's wonderful. So I think that Alan has definitely got some stiff competition there. So make sure you get your vote in. And best soap actress, who have we got for Coronation Street? Only bloody Sally Carmen again. Whoa! I know. She's great. She's got um, baby. Well, we got two EastEnders characters 
um, which is Kelly Bright, who plays Linda, and Gillian Wright, who plays Jean Slater. She's the one who had the wedding dress and the, and the mirrors and everything. Yeah, she done a good job. She did. She yeah. done a good job in that. And we've also got Paige Sandu, who plays Evil Mina. Yeah, so she's once great. again, yes, yeah, Sally she's has also got some stiff competition here. I've seen her in real life, and she looked like a mermaid with legs. She did, didn't she? She's dead glam. So yeah, we got we got I mean, EastEnders splitting the vote. And everything, but you got to get there and don't vote be, for Coronate. I've not voted yet. I might forget. Hard. Can you? T- can somebody? Don't bother. Somebody text me to hard. remind me next week to vote for this because I haven't done it yet. But anyway, good luck Coronation Street, next. of course. And the only other bit of news that's worth talking about this week that I thought was um, we had the second round of the Coronation Street Star Tours on the street <gasps> last week. And after the that? first one, where Chris Gascoigne popped out of the police station to say, "Oi, oi, it's me, Chris Gascoigne. Fancy a photo?" Last week we had the lovely Julia Golding turned Yay! up. The very Love pregnant her. Julia Golding who is so currently um, advertising prams and maternity outfits on her Instagram stories. Aww. But yeah, she's, she, I, I, I didn't even know whether she was still, you know, whether she was still at Coronation Street or whether she's gone on a maternity leave. But she was there to say hello. I am um, Julia Golding she's last great. week. She is very, very I, great and lovely. I wish that we had been able to go. Me too. We would love to go to one of these so that when we go, we'll see the celebrity and be like, oh, we're from the podcast. And they'll go, what are you talking about? Well, Gemma. Like, um, Adam Hussein did to you. <laughs> i never forget it. <laughs> well, you know, we are going to be in Manchester in the next week. There is another Star Tours. On the next Saturday. Michael, yeah, but we're not allowed to talk about it because we're the star. Oh, yeah, we're the people. We're going to pop out of the police station next Saturday. Hi, (laughs) everybody. Please, would you like to donate to our fundraising for the Trussell Trust? We are going to next week's Star Tours. We will be there next Saturday. We're going to be there to get snubbed. I am very interested and a little bit nervous to find out who's going to be popping out of Weatherfield Police Station. I'm going to... Um, I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna film the whole thing. <laughs> We're gonna film it anyway. But yes, we are going on the tour. We're gonna see who it is, and um, I hope it's somebody good. I mean, I love Adam I would... Hussein. I just think it's funny that he's. <laughs> I do. He's probably I... been feeling mega guilty about it since it. he snubbed me at the he, awards. He, he is. I love Ardy so. Everyone knows I love Ardy so much. If it was him, I would be so thrilled. I would also laugh my pants off. <laughs> I'm a bit sad that we missed Julia Goulding because she's lovely. It would she have been very nice. nice to have seen her. Yeah. And even Chris Gascoigne, that would have been pretty cool. Who could it be? Is it going to be William Rach? I don't know. I don't. But also, remember, this... I heard you said I was boring. This one that's on next week is one of the original dates as well, wasn't it? Because they've they've now got three dates in August, and this one was the original August date. So, so that's surely going to be the best So you thinking that it means they're incredibly high-profile? Yes. That's what I'm thinking. I guess we'll, well find they out said in I'd, week's time. They, they give me five pounds for it, so I couldn't... I couldn't turn it down. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, and, and there really hasn't been that much more news. So, right, um, feedback. That's going to be it. Feedback time. Okay, we are back with some feedback. And last week's Coronation Street was scored 3.53 out of 5 by our lovely Facebook viewers, listeners, people writing on us. Thank you, everybody who voted. Briante gave it four Tramadol-influenced undertakers out of five, whilst John picked for three perfumes and Smalamina Han out of five. And Judith was my pick of the week last week. She gave... You'll like this as alliterative, Gemma. 
Judith gave it four false faulty fuses flicked by a feckless fraudster out of five. I applaud that, Judith. Very good. Very good job. Well done, well done. Thank you, everybody who voted for that. And thank you, too, to Leah Green 373 who has given us a new iTunes review. Thank you very much. Always like those to come through. This You wrote this a few weeks ago, but it's only been um, sent through to us recently. But thank you for scoring us four out of five. I'm sure you meant to click five out of five, but four is still quite good. And Leah says, Gemma and Michael are the two people who are passionate and dedicated to providing excellent content every week. I would recommend to any car reviewer. Thank you very much. I would as well. Thank fact, you, Leah. That's sometimes really nice I do. Of you. Thank you very much. Gemma, I'm going to read out Jake's email. He says, Hi, Gemma and Michael. Here are my thoughts on last week's Coronation Street. This is the first time in a while that I've really enjoyed a full week of Corrie. I've become a bit sick of there being a crime every week in Corrie, but I love a bit of camp crime where it's hilariously disorganised and you know it's going to go wrong, but still know it's going to be funny when it does. And Debbie was the perfect character to be central to it. I love how Sue Devaney plays her as very chaotic, but also very believable. And it's about time Ryan had a storyline because I don't think we've ever seen his full potential. I also like Tim's breakthrough. I never like him and Sally to be miserable for too long, so I'm glad Aggie could help him out. Tim and Aggie... That's not right. What? That sentence was, I never like him. I never like him and Sally. You just kept writing. (laughs) I don't understand. Tim and Aggie have got a great friendship. That's it. They're just friends. Ian knows. He knows they're just friends. Or he ought to know they're just friends. Ian McLeod, they are just friends, okay? (laughs) I think we're all saying the same thing here. I think (laughs) definitely. The pace of Stu's storyline has gone from something you'd put in the slow cooker as speed dial to something you'd put in the microwave. I love that. I'm glad it's finally interesting and I'm curious to discover his involvement in the murder and how much Yasmin believes. He didn't do it. It goes without saying, of course, that we need to see more of Glenda instant icon. I love Sean and Todd's Wizards of Oz standoff and it got me thinking how Corrie characters would be cast in The Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, go on. Here we go, right, okay. Sean would be Dorothy, obviously. <laughs> the Lion wants courage, so that would be George. Oh yeah. Nice. Tim could be the Tin Man because he knows how it feels to feel insecure about his heart. Okay. Um, the Scarecrow wants a brain, so that would be Kirk, although Tyrone would be in with a shout too. I think half the street would be in with a shout to be the Scarecrow, to be honest. There'd be like a whole field worth of Scarecrows there on Coronation Street. The Good Witch would be Rita and the Wicked Witch would be Tracy. The Wizard would of course be Ken because he appears quite grand, but he's actually actually rather ordinary like that i would cast the munchkins and flying monkeys but i don't want to get sued (laughs) debbie could be a munchkin actually i I think that's great nice 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 debbie is character of the week um and four and a half concrete butterflies out of five is how jake would have scored it good email any any other um added extras to the uh the wizard of oz cast there i can't possibly I'd definitely have Gail as head scarecrow at the moment, I think. Do you reckon? Yeah. Who's heartless on the street? Because Tim's got a big heart. It's not just being insecure. Yeah, but the whole but... point of it was that at the end, that they oh, proved he had a heart all along. that they had the, what they were seeking all along. Mm. And it was like, you never know what you got until you ask your wizard for a certificate. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Very good. I think sometimes Leanne might be in for a shout as being the, uh, the heartless tin woman. And she more likely to be the evil witch. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> who's who's um who's, who's Glinda? Well, he he said Rita would be Glinda. Because she comes down and she's like, I love how she disses Dorothy. She's like, "Ew, you're a good witch or a bad witch." 
And Dorothy's like, oh, I thought witches were all ugly. And then the munchkins say, <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> and then Dorothy says, why are they laughing? And she says, they're laughing because I'm a witch. But only bad witches are ugly. And that's what, and she asked her whether she And she, at the beginning, she's like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? Because I literally can't tell. <laughs> what other characters are there? Oh, we're, we're getting off track. Thank you very much um, for your email. Anyway, uh, I should Jake. have done, should have done that in my voice, because I, I think I do quite a good, Go on, good witch. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Wow. Get that the Munchkins are laughing because you're an ignorant bitch. <laughs> a rhyming one as well. Gemma, can you read out George's <laughs> message, please? I'm loving Glenda. I feel she's a real ray of sunshine. Need no, no more sunshine. <laughs> yeah, we need so much sunshine right now, says George. George says she's a real ray of sunshine needed right now in a street full of dull and lazy stories. Oh. Her entrance episode was amazing. It's like she'd been there forever and started right in. However, I feel there were missed opportunities at the wake, as given Jodie's famous for being the people's Nancy, who won I'd do anything. She could have sing something for Oliver from Oliver. Yeah, she could totally could. Speaking of musicals, I would have whipped Todd's backside <laughs> on the Wizard of Oz trivia smackdown by throwing in facts from the musical Wicked. Like, for example, Glinda's real name was Galinda. Ga- G- Galinda, yeah. That's what I just said. Okay. But she changed it towards the end of the first act. We went to see Wicked. It was alright. I'm not going to say any more than that. Tell you who likes Wicked. Georgia Taylor. The favourite musical. Okay, okay. Should be a fact there for you. Okay, okay. Mm. Um, hopefully, Glenda becomes a permanent resident on the cobbles, as I would love to see more from her and Todd. And maybe she can help him with his gay love life. <laughs> Why do you have to Like say she did gay? with Sean. <laughs> maybe she can. Maybe she can also help him cook his gay dinner as well. <laughs> she's there maybe maybe yeah. right Rebecca is next thank you very much George. thank you George. Um, Rebecca says that she enjoyed lots the casino of praise, lots of praise for, for, lots for Glenda of We've seen, we have seen some people not enjoying her haven't we and we put a little poll out on Instagram last week and most people said they loved her but not everybody did well that's the trouble when you're you know you come out and you're sort of a punchy character you've got mm. lots of to say well I wonder whether the people that didn't like her last week um, appreciated her more a bit this week when she'd reined it in a little bit because you had to come out you can't you know, come all, in being subtle with it no What's exactly. the point exactly I think I think that she's going to slot in very nicely yeah I think it's great. that's what George said Rebecca says enjoyed the casino night and the bistro break in I feel so sorry for Ryan and I really hope this isn't a way of Ryan Prescott leaving the show it looks like he's going to be staring in it for the foreseeable now isn't it Everything's fine. I think Debbie should take some responsibility, though. Although I am annoyed Ronnie split up for him, her. Now he's single and ready to mingle, probably with Jenny. Mm-mm-mm. I also love Bernie trying to get free drinks and the Rovers being so full. Speaking of love, I love Glenda. She's amazing and such a breath of, fre- breath of fresh air for Curry. We needed someone like her for so long. I also love her friendship with Sean as well. And hopefully this will carry on as she progresses through the show. I love Todd's show and he still has a sneaky side, wanting to know how much Rest Easy offered for Shuttleworths, although I don't think George will sell. I also love Glenda saying Eileen smelled like her nan too. Every time Tim and Aggie have a scene, I really hope Aggie doesn't go all stalkerish on Tim. It all starts with a book, especially if Sally finds out, and you know that she will. I did love Sally at the laptop, though. I went, ooh, what's going on? And then laughed out loud so much when it was the furniture. That was brilliant. But yeah, no Tim and Aggie affair, please. 
Leo, go to Canada. I don't think Jenny will go, although if Sal wants another break, she could go for a few months and then return, but I think she will stay with some advice from either Rita or Daisy telling her straight. Although I do really want Jenny with Uncle... Uh, although do I want Jenny with Uncle Ronnie? I think I've got used to the idea now grudgingly, although I'm still not happy. I think that's kind of where I'm up to at the moment. I've kind of made my peace with the possibility of Jenny and Ronnie getting together, but... There's got to be, there's got to be someone else. There's got to be another alternative. Um, Rebecca continues, I still think Stu's innocent, though it's looking harder to look past the evidence. I really don't want Yasmin to be all wailing and upset, though. I predicted that when we found out Stu had spent time in prison. The daughter killing Charlie is a good theory, though. I like the food waste idea, and I also use Good To Go as well. Too Good To Go. Too Good that's To Go. That's the app. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Finally, I think Wendy is angling for a new Wendy house in number one. <laughs> Tracy is going to flip at Abby when she finds out she's been matchmaking. I did laugh at Ken having budgie lasagna, and I think he's been borrowing the food off of Toya. Can I just say, it sounded like you said budgie lasagna then. Budgie lasagna. Which I don't think he would eat. What's what's Toya doing with all her frozen lasagnas that she's got stocked up in the uh, in the flat? Like she's probably going to bring them round to Leanna's. Like oh no, sorry, no room in the freezer. We'd love to take all your veggie and then lasagnas. Toya will Toya, say but... no problem. We'll just eat them all now. <laughs> Character of the week for Rebecca was Glenda and she gave um, the week four times George had a fight with a piece of pork crackling and the pork crackling won <laughs> out of five. Was that one time the pork crackling won? Yes. Yeah. Last, I mean he won. Last email, Gemma. This is from Nancy. Off you go. She said, The bistro rob robbery was a comedy of errors which became an avalanche leading to Ryan getting arrested. The way Leanne ran towards Ryan, I thought she was going to tackle him to the ground. I would have loved to have seen that. The casino night was hilarious. I love Bernie's outfit and Dev was wonderful. I do feel bad for Ryan. I found Nick's attitude interesting considering he has stolen money. Leanne has someone set fire to a restaurant just to get insurance That's money. Good. They brought that one up at least. They remember that. Uh, the other hilarious storyline was Mr Pugh's funeral. It was so funny the way George got shoved into the car. Once Glenda turned up, she stole the show. Who tells she knows the business well. Her whole attire was wonderful. The scene in the Rovers with Sean, Todd and Lawrence discussing the Wizard of Oz was outstanding. I think Glenda will have a lot to say if George decides to sell the business. Lawrence likes Sean, but I think Todd likes... Lawrence. I don't, I don't, I'm not getting that Todd likes Lawrence now, otherwise he probably would have tried a bit harder to attract him down this week. But he's definitely fancying somebody. And um, nothing's happened else with uh, with George possibly selling up The Undertakers this no. week, has it? That's been put on hold for a little bit. Maybe next week. I wonder if anyone's going to write in and tell us that they hate Glenda. Because you can if you want. You can if you want to. Totally. Um, Nancy says, I thought it was interesting that Tim needed Aggie to have a breakthrough about his problem. It was funny to hear Sally Sally's reaction towards the garden furniture. I was glad that Sally and Tim ended the week happy. I hope Sally is not too upset when she finds out that Aggie helped him. Leo threw Jenny one of life's curveballs this week. I wonder what kind of a curveball she will throw at Leo. <laughs> I'd give this week's episode three and a half first power ballads out of five. Character of the week is Glenda and a huge shout out to Debbie. And that is it. That is the end. C'est fini. C'est fini. Le fin du podcast. This is it. For this week, at least. Anyway, that is the end of our first ten years of Conversation Street. How did it go? How would, was it for you? you? How would you rate the last decade of this four podcast? Four out of five on iTunes for that. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
It's a, oh, blimey. I don't know whether this was, you know, one of our vintage weeks of the podcast, but and I don't know whether we've mentioned this before this episode. It's quite hot, but we made it through to the end, Gemma, and um, I hope that we will have lots of lovely feedback to read out in next week's podcast for people who enjoy the enjoy the thing what we have spent quite a long time making in the past 10 years don't you (laughs) yeah um do make sure you're keeping an eye on all our social media and stuff over the next week we're planning to um we're going to go to manchester on sunday we're going to get a coach there and uh, we're going to be posting pictures and videos and we haven't got a whole lot planned it's not going to be like um the last time when we were out there for two weeks we're only going out for a week we're we haven't got like many things booked to go and visit and, and sites to see and everything. We're just going to go and see what happens, really. But it's definitely worth um, keeping an eye on our social media because hopefully we'll have lots of lovely pictures and things. Um, if you would like to write into the podcast between now and next week, next Friday, when it's our anniversary, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Um, we are um, on Instagram. Find us there. We're on Twitter, at Conversation Stewart. You're probably following us there already, but if you're not, please do. Um, we are on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We are on Patreon. And that's about it, I think. So, Gemma, are you ready to finish the podcast now? Are you ready to just drop down dead? Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. She's, she's just... Nobody blame me. I'm not going to confess to this one if you have dropped down dead. I'm not going to do a stew. You did it voluntarily for yourself. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. To Rafa now, and see you next week. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Mm-hmm.